0: Welcome to another farm and factory fresh edition of WNK, the weekly AEW news kick. I'm your host Tom, and it is return of the Pat.
1: Hello again. Ich sag hello, like- einfach Hello again. That's a pretty famous song in Germany from a American Howard Carpendale. But yeah, good to be back. I just had I you the- in my head, but I didn't see you this week, so. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm shocked that there's a famous song by an American in Germany that's not by David Hasselhoff. Yeah, there are two.
1: Like, they, I think they found out somewhere in the 80s uh, there is, like, a market for this stuff. So they, they imported enough. themselves without acknowledging us.
0: And we're also joined by our resident sound engineer, who I usually give some sort of witty remark for, but I don't have one this week. So you're right, you bastard. It's
2: Jack. You you don't get to give him what he remarked this week for being so late. We were meant to record this an hour ago. Tom is behind, so his punishment. This week, he is the stand-in editor for this week's podcast as a punishment. I don't know how to do that. It's going to be fucking
0: terrible, so it's on your neck. Well, you know, Um, it'd be
2: funny. People will like it.
0: mm. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure there's any breaking news stories this week, is there? Is there any I've missed? Patrick? Go to Patrick because Jack is... He's not in my good books now. Uh,
1: Yeah, kind. What was kind of breaking so first um, was reported that Sammy Guevara was supposed to show up at Impact. But uh, he didn't like the storyline they put up for him. Uh, So he decided on himself to take a later plane to miss the show or be late or something. And then he wanted something to be changed. That's what they said. And then I watched Sammy's vlog. Which I yeah. usually don't do, but I just did it for the BT Championship, this, and yeah. then oh, in the okay. beginning they directly said that's bullshit. What's uh, in the in the dirt sheets. So I think that's the only newsworthy thing. we So relationships have to already speak. kind
0: of starting to sour then. Yeah, both claiming different things. So Sammy's Sammy's vlog not kind of shed any light on the situation and who's telling the truth.
1: Yeah 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 he said just like in there yeah no, not everything's out there is true I, I don't know what what the beginning was like yeah i got heat that's what he said and he was laying in the snow and was doing a snow angel uh, like with uh, with just with a t-shirt on and then his girlfriend was recording him and he said what are you doing sammy i got heat so and you, then he said like you you shouldn't believe everything that's that's said somewhere so that was basically i think that was where the whole thing was going to or supposed to go to because of this story but yeah, I hope it doesn't cause any major the,
0: problems between AEW and you know. No,
1: not at all. That's also what like this dirt sheet thing I read said. It's there's no problem with the with, between them at all. It's not damaging their relationship. But on the other hand, uh, like I said before, it might be just some tabloid mix-up thing, so made-up uh, thing, shit.
0: Yeah, it's a manufactured outrage kind of thing. Um, so let's launch into this week's dynamite. We opened with Hangman Page and Matt Hardy versus TH2. What did you make of this? Let's come to Jack because I just spoke to Patrick just now. Yeah,
2: no, I thought it was a pretty good match. TH2, I've been more impressed with them as the weeks have gone on. I do like them. I didn't think this was one of their standout matches. I don't think it was meant to come across that way. I think it was purely for storyline purposes, this match. And you can sort of get a grasp of who... The people are, they throw in matches when there's storyline they want to progress, i.e. TH2, Chaos Project um, are just the standout ones coming to my head. But yeah, when you want to progress storyline, you just throw them guys because, well, not for Chaos Project, but definitely TH2. TH2 provides you a good match. Um, it's just a shame. It's so weird because my outlook on them has changed throughout the, like the last year. Last year, I hated them. Cringe fest. Didn't enjoy seeing them. Now... I'm actually a bit of a TH2 fan. Not a big one. But I, I enjoy watching them because they offer something a bit different. I don't think they're as cringe anymore. I think they've kind of sorted their act out. But in terms of the relationship with um, Matt Hardy and Hangman Page. Look, the match was the match was good. It was not the match of the night for me. But it was a solid match. There's some good moves. Um, Finished with, obviously, Matt Hardy. Stealing the pin again. And then everything that unfolded afterwards. Which won't spoil. Because otherwise that will give, you know. I want to give Patrick his limelight. But my my opinion... Good match, not the best. TH2 uh, starting to show what they're made of, and Matt Hardy and Hangman, yeah, good, good tag team, good
0: tag team. Did it finish with Matt Steen the pin, or did he try to and then it got kicked out of, and then it finished with um, oh. a double, not a double.
1: He actually did the twist of fate himself. Yeah, he did the twist then, of fate, but then he did the he, twist of fate it, and then pinned and then got the win for it. So that's uh, that's what what uh, you also uh, earlier wrote in our in our uh, group chat. It looked a little bit like because Angelico did a no Jack Evans did a real big botch uh, in the with a the moonsault. He wanted to do some somehow from the second uh, second rope from the turnbuckle and he landed somehow weird on his head. And you could see when the pin from Matt Hardy was, he was laying just below on, on, on the ring apron. He was laying there just facing um, how Ar- Ar- Angelico get, gets pinned. And then for some reason, he wasn't reacting to it. And then Adam Page was jumping there quite quick, like he wanted to intervene or make it look somehow. Maybe he forgot it. Maybe he was concussed. I don't know. Or did, like a little hurt or still dizzy. It it looked really it looked weird. Yeah. Did
0: Matt Hardy hit two twist face then?
1: No, just one, one twist no, of fate. Well, I,
0: well, then, then I, then I would bet my life on it that I'm right and you two are wrong about the finish, because I, I am a hundred percent sure that Matt Hardy hit a twist of fate that then got kicked out of, and uh, they had a little bit of a sloppy finish, um, where Adam Page hit a double buckshot lariat, um, was what happened right before the end.
1: I'm gonna have a quick rewatch then, but yeah, also like I can, I can uh, just agree with Jack. It was. It was a good match, but nothing really special. Um, this botch was weird. I think the, the, this made also this falsified finisher, so that was that was uh, a little weird. But uh, the outcome of the match afterwards was way better and I think way more important than the match itself. So
0: I thought, as a whole, I thought the match was... As, as Jack said, it was a good match. I would go as far as to say it was good uh, with a bit of a sloppy finish. Uh, um, finish but... Uh, what I did like is Hangman, Hangman kind of showing he does have wrestling chops because he's he's been involved in great storylines. He got a wrestler of the year. He's got great energy. He's got great work rate. Um, but then you think about his technical side of his wrestling and and you know what stands out about it. But in this match, you know he was hitting. Um, God, what was he doing? I, I saw him hit a brainbuster and then a couple of pop up. Well, one pop up powerbomb and then he powerbombed one of th two onto the other like straight after. Um, There's really nice stuff specifically from from Adam Page. After the match, it was revealed that Matt is getting, well, at least he thinks he is, he, uh, that the contract that Matt thought he made, Adam Page sign, was for 30% of Adam's wages. It turns out Adam switched the contract, um, and it's a contract for a match, uh, whereby the winner, a match at Revolution, whereby the winner will receive 100% of the wages of the other from the first quarter of 2021 i'm going to launch in with how i feel about this i thought this was a little bit deus ex machina you know uh deus ex machina it's like a like like the old star trek when uh like a you know there'd be a situation where you wouldn't think how are they going to get out of this do you know what i mean and then it would come in with this brand new information just like out of nowhere that, that had never been kind of hinted at or any groundwork laid for it like it just, it feels like they came up with it this week rather than it was something they had planned all along. Do you know what I mean? It felt, it felt like they planned it after the fact. It just felt a bit weird, like like um, like a pretty easy twist. Oh, by the way, I had another contract up my sleeve. I switched the contracts. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'm not sure if there's any evidence for that in the old video or kind of any hinting at it. it I don't know. It felt a bit weird for me. Um, and there was more that happened after that. But uh, do you guys have any thoughts on this?
2: Yeah. Um, I... You know, I think I said it maybe last week or the week before. I'm not as hyped about this revolution. It kind of feels a bit bit dry, a bit not a lot of build-up, a bit of matches that are a bit half assed and not much, you know, to it. And this is bit one of them. I would have liked a lot more build-up with this. Um, I was surprised they threw it straight away. I thought Hangman, especially after switching the contracts, would have had a bit more fun with it and maybe led Matt Hardy on a lot more. Um, but yeah but as it progressed the segment um, when matt hardy realized what had happened obviously um <laughs> actually rewinds to when matt hardy realized hangman obviously saying about switching the contracts and it, that matt hardy didn't read all the contract the um jacksonville jaguars mascot comes out all celebrating gives the contract and that's who ends up being when Matt Hardy realizes
0: Isaiah
2: Cassidy Cassidy starts beating down, um, hangman. And then my favorite bit of the whole segment, dark order coming out to uh, protect hangman, which I liked Tom mentioned last week. So credit to Tom saying the whole dark order is going to save him from Matt Hardy segment came a bit early for my liking. Like I said, I'm a a bit bit of a, I'm a bit of a wrestling Oracle (laughs) as it goes. Um, but I would have liked more build up for this. If i honest, it kind of feels rushed. And as you said, it's something that they've just thrown together because their card needs filling. Um, but one thing I did notice whilst we are waiting to record tonight. Um, I thought I'd have a look, quick look on like Twitter and Reddit to see what, if there's anything, any good little spots people have found I can add um, in. And one that I did like is Hangman saying, and I didn't notice it the first time. I mean, obviously, I caught him saying it but I didn't know what it was referenced to when he said um, an old friend of mine always taught me to have a uh, spare some papers up his sleeve. You know what I mean? And that was referenced to Brody in the dark order. He always used to have yeah. the papers and didn't he? And um, yeah, so I saw that on Twitter. So shout out whoever tweeted that John Silver liked it. So that's why I saw it. But, um, but yeah, I thought that was a nice touch, but overall, am I hyped? For, I, I mean, I'll enjoy the match at revolution. I don't think it'll be an amazing match. I don't think it'll be the match of the card, but It'll be enjoyable, but I would have liked it to have gone on a bit longer than it is looking
0: like it is going to be. I uh, I marked out for the Dark Order coming out for the save. Um, like, if you had told me last year um, that I would have been popping for uh alan angels squaring off with somebody like i was like oh my god it's alan angels (laughs) like you know when he was like stripping off to fight like that was psyching me up because as a collective they're so good and they're they've got all these personalities coming through online and on the show and everything uh what did you make of this segment patrick well the segment after the
1: match i like the segment itself a lot um but I can completely I completely agree with Jack that it feels like like forced or so. Like l- last week already they showed the video. This is like super stupid. Uh, the camera is on it. He makes him drunk. He pulls out this shitty contract, which looks kind of different. He doesn't look on it. And then this week later they explain it. Maybe they had the plan or... Uh, they, they read the internet comics uh, comments that uh, people were like saying this is dumb shit so there's a lot of suspension of disbelief in all what's happening uh, sometimes there in these this backstage segments mixed up also the same with last week what you guys also said there was a camera or Sammy wanted to have a camera with MJF in the locker room and then MJF wanted to record something uh, forcing him to say something wrong but you have it on camera this is like very bad storytelling so um that's what i also don't like and also it it feels a little rushed um but i guess they they had a big plan um for, for like for this this whole hangman and uh dark order uh built up maybe one day when you, if if he might join there one day i think but this will. feels very rushed yeah this feels a lot a lot of rushed uh that that he's now fighting Matt Hardy after like two or three weeks and without having a real real feud in there, um, Private Party would have way more many reasons to turn on him and, and one of uh, them guys facing him than uh, Hangman Page would have. But uh, yeah, it's it's it like like I said, it's it feels forced. But on the other hand, the Dark Order thing was super nice. I liked. I popped more when when I saw that minus uh, negative one was there. I was like, "What is he doing there? Is he in, in the volume?" Yeah, rounding the them out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I like that. Um, uh, Hangman acknowledged it. The guys also they acknowledged. They were like more like cowboys in this segment, like nodding, like yeah, thanks, like a gentleman's nod, and then leaving. Um, yeah, this has potential for the future. I like.
0: I uh, I know we praise A W for listening to their fans. I also think that's a good thing, and it's a double-edged... See, this is why they hate wrestling fans so much. <laughs> like, the industry hates the fans so much, because we'll say one thing and say, yeah, but that's also bad in a way, do you know what I mean? We'll, um, we'll you know, it's like, what do you want from us? Uh, they listen to fans, which is a good thing, um, but I also think they put... See, this is the thing. We, we're pointing out stuff like the camera on uh, so the Sami and MJF segment, and I think they respond to that later in the show, which we'll get to, um, and also the the situation with this contract signing with Adam Page. And I do think they kind of take drastic um, divergence in story because of what the fans think, which isn't always the best thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, taken to uh, you know we weren't criticizing it that hardly. Do you know that harshly? Do you know what I mean? Um, so like, listen, I'd compare it to you know the the last Star Wars film, Rise of Skywalker, right? The one before that did not go down well with fans, right? Uh, what's it called? Last Jedi. Last. Yeah, Jedi, Last right. Jedi. Right. That didn't go down well too fans with fans, but you've already made it now. Do you know what I mean? You've made it now, so you've got to you've got to stick with it. But instead, they with the third one, they just acted like that one never happened and just retconned everything. And it got really confusing, and you know, it was a weird movie, the last one because of it. It's like if you've already made made it you can't go back and erase it even if it's a bad segment do you know what i mean you've got to work with what you got so i think that especially with this segment maybe they're a little guilty of that but i mean i'm reading a little too much into a very small aspect of a story but do you know what i mean they kind of like oh yeah that was weird let's add this in and swerve it this way and it's like mm, it doesn't really work like i said it's a bit of a deus ex machina it's a bit of a you know um thing coming in to change the story at the last minute but yeah no uh, as as a whole i liked it I will say I did try to get a lawyer. Um, I did try to find a lawyer online to review that contract signing. No luck. He didn't didn't reply to me, no. Um, If I get time, I'll I'll read the letter to the lawyer at the end. Um, And uh, I am going to keep trying because it's taken another turn now with an extra (laughs) extra contract being slipped in. I want to know if this contract is legally binding because it was signed... Do you know what I mean? Slipped under. It just there's so much. There's so much more material to give to a lawyer now. <laughs> so I'm gonna future, keep looking for a lawyer.
1: Things that could happen in that direction because this is not the first time that something like this happens in wrestling well, in general. Well, yeah, so I mean, hit us up, might be if you are the first and only a, podcast who can have a, a clearly law binding answer giving <laughs> to this. We matter. will get. We will get
0: a legal correspondent for WANK. Um, <laughs> next up was. Uh, Inner Circle had an interview with Alex Marvez. This, surprisingly, they mentioned that this tonight would be the first title shot for Santana Ortiz, which I actually found quite surprising given their status as a tag team in uh, AEW. There was a lot of quotable moments in this.
2: Yeah, no, I thought it was a good moment. I like how um, Chris Jericho, for me, was the way he was talking to MJF, like, it was it was a bit of a weird one because obviously Sammy's left. That was the way he was, Chris Jericho was saying Sammy's dead to me now. When you leave the inner circle, you leave Chris Jericho like that's it. Um, but but then obviously MJF cutting in with Stephanie, he was like just shut up, shut up, Max like all this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah,
0: MJF came in with uh, he he like tried to back up Chris and went you're damn right and then yeah, he was like
2: yeah. shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the um. He obviously says to him, Jeff. He's like, "Do you not think we don't realise like you drove Sammy out, basically?" Which um, I thought he'd be a lot more annoyed with him, Jeff. But he mentioned it there. But I thought, you know, he just kind of seems to be like, "Oh yeah, you. you this is this is all because of you." Ah, but it doesn't matter. Like we'll still go ahead. Yeah, and... it's
0: um, MGF's like, "You think I would record you acting like I yeah. didn't see it to begin with?" And then Jericho's saying, "Everyone was watching." Do you know what I mean? Um, Again, comes back to kind of my problem with, I think there should be some sort of kind of suspension of disbelief Mm. about what the wrestlers do and don't know, because this is what I'm talking about, about limiting your storytelling capabilities. It's like, you know, everyone knows everything. So how how can they portray deceit that we're all in on, but the wrestlers aren't? As the audience, we're in on it, but they're not. How can they portray that if everyone watches Dynamite and everyone knows everything? Do you know what I mean? There was always, in wrestling, there was always this kind of suspension of disbelief where, the rest is sort of live in an alternate world than us. Do you know what I mean? Where they, they can't see the stuff. But, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And then no, the other,
2: the other last point I wanted to mention was, um, obviously started talking about Santana Ortiz then, and then them getting the tag belts. Uh, and just a bit that made me chuckle was when they were walking out then, and he's like, um, and bringing the champ champions um to the inner circle, and then Jake Hager J- shouting out, champions, and then just walking out like he doesn't say anything. He's yeah. just like that one at the back, just like your yeah, chips. Let's <laughs> Um, but that, that's all. It was an, it was a good segment. I enjoyed it. I think. As we say, further storyline like they're not oblivious to what MJF's doing, but it seems like they don't care, which is
0: weird. Yeah, it's like you say that it's weird that they don't care what MJF's doing, but that's 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 the boxing themselves in storyline that they have to deal with by having everyone so self-aware. Do you know what I mean? Um, I ended my notes on this because Chris Jericho um, said to never mention Sammy again. So I wrote "Sammy ist verboten," and that leads <laughs> us into Patrick's opinion on this segment and the direction of the storyline.
1: Well transited here, <laughs> yeah. So um, this the storyline is is fine for me. Like I, I don't need to need to add so much. Jack had already a lot of uh, very right things about it, so <laughs> I don't need to add so much. But what I want to criticize now is um, they had this huge fight, like two, three, no, three, four weeks ago, was it? Who's the number one tag team in the inner circle? And now this week it's Santana and Ortiz. They are not even ranked number one and they're getting the title shot and they're all like, yeah, we're all in it. We want you to be the champs. And I'm like, did you know what you were fighting about a few weeks ago? Like, did you forget about it? And now you're talking about Sami and just erasing this. Comes again, suspension of disbelief, and like you said, also Tom, maybe they're living in another world, or when you're the viewer, you're thinking, are they living in another world? Or, yeah, that's that's what I did not like so much about it. But it was already also discussed last week that they are getting this title match out of nowhere. So, um, yeah, but the whole segment in general was good, and also Chris Jericho being. Like this this dad intervening there, like, oh, shut up. And uh, Sammy, it's your fault, you're dead to me. Like this, it feels more like a family feud than- God, you had <laughs> a harsh a, father.
0: A <laughs> 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 I don't fuck around in Germany. That brings us into Serena D versus Riho. Um, good match from my perspective. You always knew I'd rate this a good match. What did you make of it, Patrick? Let's have your you your takes.
1: Yeah, thanks that. I I love that like a lot. They they also they had the time like around 15 minutes time uh, to show that. Um I really loved um the moveset they were able to show this um selling first the selling from uh, from Serena Serena Deep uh, from um with a with a knee injury. That was fine, but in the end she forgot about it. She even did some power bombs and so like yeah, that was like hmm, okay. You forgot, to, uh, forgot about something, I guess, when you had pain before. Well, she went to grab it um, straight
0: after the, f- the finish, at the very end of the match. After the match, oh, she went okay, right back good. to grabbing her name. Yeah,
1: but she didn't do for five min- consecutive minutes or so while she was doing moves and stuff and, like, running. And so this was like, yeah, okay, just sell it or just leave it. <laughs> like, she's not doing as, as good as Matt Jackson does, like, for consecutive three years. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, but, but the moves, like I said, the moves were really good, like really also some hard hitting stuff uh, still like I looked, I had to look at up Rio weighs like 45 kilograms. Um, and she still is hard hitting with some moves when you're like, okay, even when she's just 45 kilograms, I don't want to take that from her, you know, <laughs> that's Can you translate that to also... freedom
0: units for our American listeners?
1: Yeah, I th- think it was ninety six pounds. That's what they said on yeah, commentary, and than, I had to, less than hundred pounds. I had yeah. to check that. Yeah, and yeah, and also like the the top rope, the stomp she did on Serena Deep, I called it stomp into the uterus, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, that was that was really, like I said, a really good match. The only thing I did not like, but it's not only this match and these matches in general when they in, end up in these um, roll up combinations. Um, I would say that, like, yeah, counter move, counter roll up, roll up, roll up. This could have been done with a good, um, with a good finisher. Like uh, Rio has, has, I don't know what to, yeah, she has like, a, like a V trigger, like a running knee as a finisher, would have been nice. But also on the other hand, they protected uh, the NWA Women's Champ now with it that she doesn't get like a like a clean pin uh, loss. Uh, to be honest, I expected that uh, Serena Deep is getting the win and. Um, meeting in the next round, uh, Thunder Rosa to set up the feud maybe a little bit, uh, for a rematch, uh, or a future match for the NWA women's title. Um, but yeah, let's say, I'm, I'm not saying that a lot, but on the Meltzer scale, it's a four out of five star match for me.
0: That's exactly what I wrote. Four out of five. <laughs> um, See? Uh, See? alike. at four out of five, it was still my match of the night, you know, um, I thought I thought the quality of wrestling. Look at that face. Well, we'll talk about yours later. Quality Um, wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought the quality of.
0: I thought I thought the quality of wrestling this week was not bad. I thought it was a little bit lower than it has been previous weeks. um, At the top end, do you know what I mean? It was also it was also less at the bottom end. There weren't any bad matches. Well, were there? Let me have a look. I don't think there was any bad matches this week, save for one that I don't really qual- think qualifies as a match. We'll talk about that in a minute. I actually <laughs> refuse right to right rate right. it. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, no, uh I, I I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I thought i would come to what you said about um the they had the ability for a lot of moves here and I I completely just wanna focus on what you're saying there, is that you know, there's such an interesting class of star clash of styles. You've got a you know, this, like you say, this very light, flexible girl in Riho and you've got an incredibly gifted technical wrestler in Serena Deeb uh, and just the stuff they were able to pull off, the stuff uh, Riho was doing with her bridges with um, like the submission and the pin escape. Uh, and, and there was a, there was a thing, there was a third, she, like I said, she was doing, she was doing moves with bridges and like uh, fisherman suplex and stuff like that all night. But one of the things I really liked was when I think um, Serena Deeb had her down and she was trying to pin her from like a standing position and she brings one elbow up and then she brings the other elbow up and then she put, uh, kicks out of the pin with her head and props herself up on her head to take her shoulders off the mat. Just great stuff like that. Um, it started out super technical. All Serena Deeb matches seem to start out, start out super technical and use a lot of you know technical moves, mat wrestling and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was great to see Serena Deep kick out of the double foot stump I think. There was there was some great reversals uh, and some great move escapes, uh, some really innovative stuff I think, stuff I hadn't really seen. Yeah, uh, I actually I actually have to disagree about the finish with the pins. Um I thought specifically in this match these these pins, these pin reversals were really good. They weren't just um run of the mill stuff. It wasn't just schoolboy into do you know what I mean, uh, and, and, or reverse like a northern light, not northern lights, um, like a sunset flip pin into a, you know, back and forth or something like that, it wasn't basic stuff, it was really kind of interesting stuff that they did, my only complaint is they always end it on the third pin, like one reversed, two reversed, third pin is successful, like it has to go a little bit longer for me sometimes, because as soon as, Riho got into the third pin I was like well that's over do you know what I mean so that is my only point I will side with you about not liking the pin finishes I, I don't mind the pin finishes especially when they're as good as they were in this match it's simply the fact that they need to kind of do away with the rule of three because it's very predictable um, Jack thoughts on this match?
2: To be fair guys I think you covered it quite well I love this match I, I will not give my match of the night yet I will leave the suspense to the end um, I love see, it also. Just, but just so yeah, me. no, I thought it was insane. I mean, um, you know. It just, it just adds another layer to the AW women's division uh, as a whole. Each, each week, we don't need to repeat ourselves, but it it gets better and better and, or maybe not necessarily better and better, but the standards c- is consistent. There's, um as you said, Tom, I remember last week you saying that the worst match so far happened to be the champ against Abaddon. And that just goes to show how, Big steps they're taking, big strides to make it a competitive division, an exciting division and some great matches. And this was just kind of one Yeah. And I'm sure we'll um, I'm sure we'll talk about the Japanese side of bracket later. But this was obviously the second one so far. Really impressed with the first one, Thunder Rosa and um, Layla Hirsch. We loved that last week. And this is just another one which this could have gone either way. And I was, this is one of the matches I don't necessarily get gripped with matches I know are going to happen. Like I watch it, I enjoy it, but you know the result. This one genuinely could have gone either way. Each time there was a near fall, I was like, oh, like I was genuinely gripped and I, I, didn't want one over the other. If if I probably had to pick, I probably wanted Serena Deeb purely for the what Thunder Rosa said last week, where you would have had then the Serena Deeb rematch, you would have had the Britt Baker rematch, and then you would have had a tight like the, the obviously the final before getting the um, title shot. But I'm not mad about Rio coming back. The only criticism I probably got is that I feel like they felt like they had to put Rio through because it's been so long since she's been here. I feel yeah. like they wanted to do her justice, like ah, oh, welcome back. Oh, but you're going to lose your first match back. I
0: feel like they had to. This is the thing. I I knew Rio was going to win because of this. And I know that kind of conflicts with what I said maybe like last week or the week before when I was talking about, well, maybe uh, Thunder Rosa will face Serena Deeb in the tournament and face everyone she called out along her way to the final. Uh, that's because... All honesty, I forgot that uh, Serena Deep was facing Riho in the last round when I said that. As soon as uh, this match came up, I was like, oh, Riho's winning this. Because they're not going to invite her back no. from Japan and have her uh, finally come, you know, through <laughs> the restrictions and, and just to hand her a loss. So <laughs> Literally. Um, and, all, all, and... That, all that way for a tournament and then she loses in the first exactly. round. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to do that.
2: But I don't think, like... If anything, it's dampened Serum D because she'll probably eventually have another title match like she's that standard. She's already got a title belt. Um, she's experienced enough to like still be at the top level. She doesn't need a necessarily another push because she'll always be at that top level. So I don't think it's dampened her. It's nice to see Riho back. Uh, so it's going to be Riho, Thunder Rosa now. And that's a really exciting match. Whether she'll lose that one, so it's Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be mad either way. Or, oh, we're saying Britt Baker. We never know. We might have Anna Jay take on T-Nyla Rose. But it's really exciting. That site the, the whole bracket... As I said, we'll talk about Japanese side, but everyone I've seen so far been really impressed. Loving the women's division. Um, some, some it's exciting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is exciting, and um, yeah, just long may it continue. The match, great match for me. Enjoyed it from start to finish. The whole, the time flew, and I think you guys will probably agree. Um, and yeah, really good for me.
0: Serena Deeb, I will just say, um, I think she's. She's a star maker. Do you know what I mean? She's so. She's so. She can make. Anyone oh, yeah, we look said good. it before, we said this, haven't we? we yeah. said this before about her and Take On And her and Riho. Um, yeah, she can make anyone look amazing. And, like, you, some might say, oh, you don't. You didn't need to make Riho look amazing because she's already been women's champion. For me, I'm going to say something pretty controversial. Neither of the. Joshi girls they brought over have ever really clicked 100% with me. I mean that, Riho and Higarashida Do you know what I mean? And to some extent, Yuka Zakazaki as well. And that's not that I don't like all Joshi style, because I've recently started watching TJP, um, Tokyo Joshi Pro. And there are wrestlers I really, really like. Um, Mayu Watami, um, who's kind of like competing for the ace of TJP along with um, Yuka Sakasaki. And you know, there's a there's a whole host of Maki Ito. Uh, we'll talk more about her later. Obsessed, obsessed, simping. Um, so there are there are wrestlers I just I love uh, from you know the Joshi style of, but uh, the girls they brought over they've never really clicked that much for me. But she did in this match, and I think a big a big part of that has to go to Serena Deeb, um, and I think she's okay with that. And I think even if she never gets to the stage where people are calling her an absolute like where everyone's recognizing her greatness maybe how they they are with girls in WWE like Becky Lynch or someone or 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 when we have like an all-time great women's champion in AEW um maybe they're not recognizing her the same way but I think people in the industry really recognize it from what I've seen when I've seen people talking about her and um you know proper real smarky fans like us will always appreciate her next from from a from a very high high to a Quite low, low, in my opinion. No, to be honest, I'm being overly harsh. It wasn't such a low, low. There was there was kind of a positive. Uh, Shaq and Jade Cargill segment uh, where they showed a very stylishly shot video. It was about like I said. It was it was stylish. There was some nice music. Jade Cargill looked legit in it. Uh, but I just couldn't take it seriously. Every time it cut to Shack and his face, he was pulling weird faces uh, for me, and he didn't show much training other than playing basketball, which seems to have no relevancy on a wrestling match. But um, pff, what to say about this, uh, Patrick? Help a little help.
1: Uh, also, uh, not 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 really anything. Like this was just a high class, super styled video, and there was no really wrestling involved or <laughs> anything so it's yeah it's just like this promo shot they have to do like when is it next week no two weeks it's their match on dynamite they just have to do it for the tnd publicity i think i guess somehow uh i'd like did to this, go one what step did this back add? rather one huh?
0: what did this add would you say like you've got to look at every segment and say what did this add to the show what did this segment like if it was a workout segment like a proper showed them like in a proper gym and like proper lifting and, and stuff like that, I'd kind of, I kind of get it. Do you know what I mean? I'd say, oh look, Shaq's training for his match, and you know, but sitting on the bleachers while Jay Gargle shoots a three pointer, like what what's the point of that? Like, how does this add to the feud? It does it at all? I'm trying I'm li- I'm literally looking at this, and I'm trying to find the good in it, and I can't see it. Yeah. Other than it was quite yeah. stylish.
1: Yeah, th- th- that's that's the thing I wanted to say is that we have these segments which take like a few minutes from it from tv time and then just rolling back a bit when they announced that the last two matches of, of the american uh, bracket of the uh, women's elimination tournament are just shown on youtube instead of on dynamite i'm like come on do we need the segments do we need the next match that's also coming just give the ladies the, the screen time they they deserve because uh, you have a way better resting related product than uh, This shit with uh, uh, Shaq and uh, Jade Cargill uh, fooling around in a basketball court, nothing to do with wrestling. And then also this, uh, I don't know, old Canadian idiot rolling through the ring later afterwards, like stealing also time from the ladies where they can really show talent and do what they want to do, show wrestling. So... Sorry. Oh,
0: we'll get to, we'll get to that in a sec. Should yeah, just sorry, It's
1: just like, I'm getting angry now. You can feel well, it. It's, I get angry. Sorry. It's
0: coming right up. So hold on to that anger. Jack, do you even want to mention anything about this?
2: Yeah. I mean, everything I wanted to mention, you touched on. Um, first point. It wasn't a training video. It was two people playing basketball. I refuse... Some of people to... hanging out with, with, no, <laughs> I with no relevancy <laughs> to the actual
0: feud that they're involved in.
2: Exactly. I refuse to agree with Tony. Tony Fajimani was like, and this is um, Jade Car- Cargill and Shaq's training video. I'm like, it's not training. It's just two people. You see that down the park. Two people just playing basketball. It's the same thing. Just professionally shot. And the second to, one... To,
0: they... be, to oh. be honest, I Jade Cargill, she does a lot of these videos... And she does look legit in every one. And I do look at her and think, oh, Jay is an absolute unit. But like, how many videos of Jake Cargill walking in slow motion are they going to show? To make, yeah. to try and, you know, if you've seen one Jay Cargill walking in slow motion looking like a hench badass video, you've seen every Jake exactly. Cargill walking in slow motion looking like a hench badass video. Like, if you don't, if you don't think she's a badass by her, from her appearance by now, showing it again isn't going to help. Absolutely.
2: You know I mean? Yeah. And um, one point that obviously Patrick said, which, just ignited a fire in me when I thought about it. Is the fact that that could have been on YouTube. There's no. It's such a shame. When we were just bigging up. How good the women's division is this year. There's barely been a bad match. Um, and then you're like. Oh. So we're going to show the rest of. The American side of bracket. Like okay. I know they did the Japanese side. I get that. Because you know. that That's just the way it's going to be. Um, but to put like. Like four big name women's stars. On the YouTube side. It's like. Give these girls airtime. I'd rather watch them two than watch the match we're about to talk to you about next and five or six segments of Jade Cargo and Shaq playing basketball. Like some stuff they need to realise is what fans want to watch, and other stuff they need to realise. Oh, maybe we can we can stick this on YouTube. It doesn't need to be and wasting TV time. But yeah. Well, they're
0: not going to put it on YouTube because you know what this was and Patrick Dutch put this was. A you know minute thirty second video of them saying, yeah. "Hey guys, remember we got Shaq." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. Like remember but, um, we got Shaq. That's all this was for.
2: But yeah, that that's that's enough for the segment. Let's move on.
0: Speaking of matches that added nothing to the sh- well segments that added nothing to the show and shouldn't be on television, this was Orange Cassidy versus Luther. Um, I have one sentence written down from this, and that was nice move from Chucky e. T. That was all I had. He hit a nice pile driver um, and I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna hold my hands up here. I missed the rest of the match because I texted you guys to tell you I'd be late and it was over. <laughs> so, <laughs> Very good. you didn't miss anything. Yeah, I, I literally- <laughs> Except being late. That's the only <laughs> thing you missed. <laughs> literally blink and you'll miss it stuff because I literally blinked and missed it. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, so someone gonna help me out here because I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, I, I, I mean, just... I heard Orange Cassidy's music. I saw I, Orange Cassidy got the win. Don't yeah. really know what else happened in this match other than so then, I, then saw, Luther, I saw the pile driver from Chucky D. E.
1: Luther attacked him quite quick. I also don't know anymore what, what, what direct move it was, but then they grabbed rub, uh, a little bit and then it got to the outside and then Orange Cassidy um uh, pile dr- drove did a PAL driver out of the ring, like from the apron down there with him. Was it from the apron or on the outside, whatever? On, on the outside of the ring. Luther fell like in Germany, like we say, like a a sack of potatoes on the ground. Like, really. Can I just
0: say something I love about Patrick? Because every single week, without fail, Patrick will say, as we say in German, and then say a phrase that we also say in (laughs) England. (laughs) He does this every week. And I love it.
1: Never changed. (laughs) He fell like a sack of potatoes, and that's just like no no athleticism at all there was nothing you could add to the match except the good move you saw from chucky e. t almost killing serpentico with the, what was it with the pile driver yeah um, it was
0: it was like a modified pile driver. i think it might have been his finisher because yeah. it had a special name yeah, but right. i it's been that long since i should know it because i've seen chucky e. T stuff before outside of AEW, but I've, I've forgotten it so yeah
1: yeah it's yeah this this nice modified pile driver finisher version whatever What a great move, I have to say. I was like, wow, did he kill him just? That was the only good outcome to see a nice finisher now. And then he did the orange punch against him and he fell like a second time, like a sack of potatoes to the ground and just orange Cassidy had to lay on the sack of potatoes, just make sure no potatoes are rolling out. And then it was gone and they had to roll him out of the ring because he's a sack of potatoes. I don't want to add anything more to this match. I mean, and if he's potatoes. a
0: sack of potatoes then he's in danger from being yeeted at someone by Lance Archer surely based on last week
1: or someone takes it and hits the other one with it in the, yeah, uh, <laughs> in Moxley, the main event from last was. week
0: don't want to be a sack of potatoes around AEW you, you won't last long Jack Um, you don't want to talk about this match do you what match exactly moving on uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a promo from Team Taz it's like it's like they put all the stuff that Jack hates like in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes it
2: it makes it easy when I edit. <laughs> Just put all the shit together.
0: <laughs> Team Taz came out and cut a promo. It was only Taz Hawk and Brian Cage. The rest of Team Taz have been caught up by snow in Texas. Um hope everyone in Texas is keeping well. Not sure they'll be able to listen to this podcast. The stars because, at night
2: no, a big and um, bright deep in the heart of texas
0: i hope that synced as well as it did on uh on, on our video there um yeah that was bizarre um yeah uh talking about a very serious issue about the storms in texas and then jack does that it's kind of thrown me for a loop i'm gonna not, gonna be honest <laughs> It's like it's like we're talking about World War Two, and then Jack just starts singing Edelweiss, You
1: know? <laughs> Love it. Um, I don't love uh, it. By way. Just came <laughs> in. There's a storm in Dallas. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Thoughts and prayers to people in Texas. Like, uh, um, not like I said, they might not be able to listen to this because of no electricity. But yeah, stuck in Texas. Uh, they weren't <clears> the only ones, <throat> but we'll get to that later. Um, and they were talking trash. A lot of a lot of nothing phrases again. Sting interrupted and, hallelujah, finally did something. Um, squared up to them. Uh, bat in hand. Taz called him out for relying on the bat his whole career. You always need the bat. You always need the bat. So he threw down the bat uh, and got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> uh, which is not surprising because he threw away his weapon in a ring with three people. What did he expect would happen? He's like 60 as well. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, at least at least he did something and took a power bomb from Brian Cage. A very safe power bomb, by the way. I was as soon as he went up for him, like he's not taking that, is he? From Brian Cage? I was like, and what, as soon as I realized he is, I looked. I made sure to be paying attention to how kind of safely Brian Cage hit it. Very was was the answer. Um, so props for him for that. Um, I mean, what to say about this? Let's come to Jack because he abstained from the last the last uh, the last match.
2: So when it comes to Sting and Team Taz um, segments, my, my bar is very low right now. Like, he could move and I'd be impressed, and that's exactly what he did this segment.
0: He actually moved. And he moved a little bit. He did, and something happened. It's like so... it's like it's like it's like prodding a dead body with a stick. You've given up all hope, and it twitches, and oh my god! Like you know, even if it's just like some rigor mortis stuff going on you think he's alive for a second it blows your fucking mind that's what this was for me like maybe i over over enjoyed it too much just because i saw something happen do you know what i mean but
2: but do you reckon it's just a long-term plan of aw where like what if we do weeks of nothing with sting and then all of a sudden we do something and then everyone's a fan because we've done something it's like it's the market brain move (laughs) (laughs) um but no for me the segment i mean it, like I said, the bar is very low right now. So this was a five out of five segment for me because just because something happened. <laughs> and that was low. Good, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it was cool to see, you know, something different. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed to see Sting have a bit of, you know, a bit of, you know what, I don't need this weapon with me. Um, turns out, like you said, Tom, he does need does
0: need the weapon. <laughs> yeah. and, famous, um... famous last words. I don't need this bat. <laughs> Well, no, he's, kind of got, he's, he's kind of got baited into that <laughs> reverse psychology into literally. it by Taz hasn't he I was like what are you using that for you pussy and he throws oh you fucking idiot like, that ain't <laughs> piece
2: of shit out of literally um but the only really thing I loved about this segment was just seeing how hard Brian Cage just power bombed him onto the 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 um ring because that was like for for like you said, a six year old man, that was a hard like bummed t- like Brian Cage, I imagine, when he does that sort of move,
0: it's gonna hurt. Like But he swung at it, but I think if you look very carefully, he kind of he kind of um hits the landing softer than the a bit slower than the the initial one. So that he looks super powerful, but it's super I think Brian Cage is a super safe worker. I mean you'd have to be, wouldn't you, to entrust a legend <laughs> like Sting at the age he is. To take a powerbomb of all moves. I mean, um,
2: cheers, Tom, for disillusioning wrestling for me now. <laughs> I, I was there like, that was a powerful move. And you're just like, well, I think, actually, this is what
0: happened. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I, might, I, might, I might be wrong. But like I said... Tom, it, it,
2: Tom ruining wrestling for fans since <laughs> 1990. Well, Sorry, it's, it's,
0: a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an out of k podcast. <laughs> we should do a kv. That's what we should do for our April 1st edition, Patrick. It's just blown my mind. Patrick was talking about us doing uh like an opposite thing um uh, about what we like and dislike i think we should do the entire podcast in Kphobe. like like you know
1: that's also awesome i'm in it like <laughs> some some april Fool's shenanigans i'm in it should we <laughs> yeah. should we let the people know before do we need You've to, got to the give the people
0: out? what they want <laughs> i mean people might wonder what the fuck's going on if we don't tell <laughs> them so <laughs> patrick thoughts on this segment
1: yeah that's uh i just i just looked at it so uh the jade cargill shack shenanigans plus the match with the orange juice and sack of potatoes plus this rewind of the feud so far where nothing happened like everyone knows what happened because nothing happened every week this was like proper 10 to 15 minutes time uh or would have been 10 to 15 minute time for a women's match they could have put in there so i just realized this this makes me even more sad um but as you guys said before, finally something happened. <laughs> like Jack said, the expectations were extremely low, and now they could have just been topped. Underwhelming is not doable anymore. Otherwise, you just need to lift the floor and look below. What's there? Um, but I liked, I liked, uh, yeah, that uh, Sting got power bombed, and I was waiting for it. I was actually waiting for it. like, what are the, you guys doing with the? Um, uh, with the top camera, just showing him laying there, facing up to the camera looking like a little dazed or so like I was just It was very Leaving Las Vegas in. wasn't it? Yeah it was or very, like this or very like- music is is playing and like the music somewhere the music is hitting and hello darkness my old friend and he's just laying there looking at the camera what have I done it (laughs) was like a movie
0: like where he'd just woken up from like a drug binge or something like that like reflecting on his life with the the camera from the top like it just was laying there in bed dirty needle next
1: (laughs) to him or something you know (laughs) <laughs> or, like or like Kevin Spacey in American Beauty, just looking upwards, like the lady laying there in, in all the, the roses bedded. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> so, who, who you, you can Is do a lot with that. Yeah, I think we can do a lot with that. That's just a hint for us guys for the memes this week.
0: <laughs> Next up, we had a promo from Eddie Kingston. First of two very kind of purposeful promos, I felt, from Eddie Kingston. One from Eddie Kingston, one from Mox later in the night, which we'll talk about. Uh, we've got Eddie, and behind him Butcher and the Blade. He's got Ali to his side, and, and he lists his beefs. Uh, I think he makes a lot of gets a lot of points across, a lot of storylines in this uh, this segment. Do you have any kind of standout thoughts about this, Jack? Just his
2: bandana triggered me. It was um, yeah, why,
0: just. Why, why was
2: that? I mean, his knots seemed too big, and it was like really triggering me with just the way it looked. So that was my output from that. No, it's all right.
0: I, <laughs> I mean, if if anyone is an authority on ghetto styles, it's uh. Ginger White kid from the Isle of
2: Wight. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, the, the promo was cool. I mean, I, I like Eddie Kingston. I'm st- struggling to see a future storyline with him post-Revolution, maybe double or nothing. I feel like, you know, they're really dragging stuff out. But they did um, later on in night, which obviously when we talk, main event, but it did hint at, like, you know, the friendship maybe between... Um, Eddie Kingston and Moxley happening, so I'd, I'd be cool with that, um, but I just, I don't know with Eddie Kingston, like, it's just regurgitating, like, storylines, in my opinion, which I'm fine with, because the beefs are quite big, but, like, I don't know, it was not, it was good promo, Eddie Kingston does a good promo, um, gets you hyped for the match, the main event, um, which, you know, it was, it was a good main event, um, but yeah, no, highlight bandana triggered me. Patrick
0: any thoughts on this
1: I also got triggered like Jack I, I got more triggered by, by the segment but this time for me from uh, the blade standing in the back looking like Leon the professional but just in a short version um, <laughs> yeah that was there was there was there was that was like he looks like Leon the pro um, I also I looked at the butcher with the with the uh with the glasses and everything. I I really didn't listen to have to say to what Eddie Kingston said. I was more distracted by everything around. I
0: kind of like their hipster thing they got going on. I yeah, don't know why. Really, There's something I like. Yeah, like something I like about
1: it. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's like two characters, but I'm going to say something about their look in the match later which was also kind of funny to me, but yeah, the segment was just just fine, like a small build up uh, that's nothing, uh, uh, nothing unimportant on the show. It's just like, a, just, just a small hint. Okay, we're going into that match later tonight, and I liked it. End of story for me.
0: Butcher and Blade, fashion icons. Next up, we had Kenny Omega reading the Young Bucks book to some children. <laughs> Jack looks gassed to talk about this, so I'm going to waste no time whatsoever in passing it over to him.
2: This was incredible. I don't know why I loved it so much. <laughs> I just, um. Yeah, so the segment starts off, um, Kenny Omega's in a classroom for the children, reading them the Young Bucks book. Um, (laughs) Classic Kenny, reading uh, them the the chapter where he talks about him and Jericho at Wrestle Kingdom and how it pioneered everything. Um, Don standing, looking proudly, like a proud
0: uncle. One of the um, kids asked if the young bucks are in love. Didn't yeah, yeah, <laughs> just that was a weird thing to ask. I don't know if it was like ad libbed or yeah. because it was a child. Or
2: I, ma- I imagine it was. To be fair, that's that's normally how they record. With Kenny, kids. Kenny did but... it quite well though. That yeah, was brilliant.
1: Um, yeah, I I just got a theory to that. Sorry, I just jump in quickly because we got that bit. Maybe it was a small reference to the Golden Lovers inside that. I was just thinking of that when I saw. Oh, it was like, it I,
0: I, I? It did. I that? did think of that, but I think I think we'll need the. Uh, kind of gif of charlie from always sunny with the uh pepe silvia conspiracy board <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe, maybe we're over interpreting but I-, yeah. I like that by the way I, but just keep on going <laughs>
2: cheers patrick <laughs> um, no yeah the, the funny segment um and then obviously saying they have to go um, and then what i thought was i don't know why but they left the AEW left title. The title when, yeah, when they I said they down, gonna, yeah. yeah, when they were going to go. So I don't know because they they obviously said, "Oh, can can Uncle Kenny stay and play?" And then, and then no, Dog, you can have Nakazawa. Yeah, no, no. But <laughs> the funny the funny bit was when he said they the kids said, "Could Uncle Kenny?" Um, stay and play, and then Don Callis was like, "Uncle Kenny and Uncle Don have to go." It's like Don, they didn't ask for you; they asked for Kenny. Yeah. You, you just assumed they meant both of you. And then they were like, "Yeah." Um, they um... already call
0: him Uncle Creepy on the commentary <laughs> theme.
2: <laughs> and then yeah, Uncle Uncle Nakazawa can stay and play, and, they, and then they started beating him up. And Don Callis was like, "God, they really don't like Nakazawa." <laughs> let's go, let's go. And now I think summarise the segments. So that's me. So. In, I enjoyed the segment, it was funny.
0: And yeah, that, that's all, that's all folks. Patrick, uh, any nitpicking to do?
1: <laughs> no, not a real nitpicking. Other no, than I, leaving the just...
0: title behind. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah that, that that seems to be a thing, leaving the title behind, like him leaving the title behind, uh, uh, Darby leaving the title behind <laughs> on a backstage segment. Maybe that's just, maybe sometimes I think they're playing with the fans or so, or the ones who are really picky on, on details. I, w- um, I would love
0: it if there was like you know like a year down the line there was a there was like a video package of a wrestler that's collected all of those titles and like exposes the company for making kind of uh, Re, you know, remaking the titles for, and he's got just this collection of them. And he's like, I am the title collect, you know, some sort of <laughs> mysterious character showing like a flashback of all the titles being left behind, like a big twist segment or something. Right, right. It's not going to happen, but I fucking love it. <laughs> Maybe
1: it's the guy who stole the uh, stole the belt from Chris Jericho. I don't know. Yeah, they can work yeah. that in. They can work that. In. It was me all along. <laughs> <laughs> it was me all along. Somewhere from cell block D eight from the <laughs> from the prison. No, but. Yeah, I liked that segment also because it was a little surprising. I did not expect something like this at all. I loved it. Um, had a little bit for me like the kindergarten cop with uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like when you see like a big, muscular guy like Kenny is or not as big as as Arnold back then, but still having him uh, sitting there. And uh, yeah, what they were talking about, like the kids. I like that the kids were interacting. The, the kids were playing along really good. I like that also. Yeah. Um, And they got a good crowd for that (laughs) um and uh yeah what also in the end like can uncle kenny stay to play and kenny looked at don Callis like can i stay i want to he looked down like i want to play yeah he he was like yeah he wanted to so and this also in the later segment where um where you can also see that don Callis decides for kenny there was just a small thing that he decided for him no he cannot play and uh, then they just sent like, Naka, Nakazawa in there to take the shots. And there was one thing I was I was waiting for, it would have been so good. The kids, when they were jumping on him and throwing stuff at him, that one took out his his underpants and just dragged it out <laughs> from him. <laughs> and then they had like this creepy uh, 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 male thong in the hands or so. But this would have been, I think, a little too far with kids involved. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> But to be fair, <laughs> I was waiting for where you were going with that, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little too far. No, it would have been way farther would have been if some kid would put out like say what, what is, not is not this liquid here and, and, and so what are you doing with that? Uh-huh. No, just they, they 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 got really good with with the whole segment. I like that a lot. And there seems to be a PR manager for Kenny coming in there, maybe. And Alex Marvez was there for some reason. He also he didn't say Alex anything Marvez really, everywhere. but he was just there. And then, <laughs> then he's leaving. I like that now. Like they, they're putting him out there just like for fun because yeah, I don't know. He, he's he's a he's a good uh, guy for these for these uh, segments. So I, all in all, I like that a lot. And uh, uh, like I said, these small details brought the storytelling a little further.
0: Just. Not as much storytelling as if the children had stripped Michael Necker's <laughs> No, this would have been
1: more storytelling, but this that is would that. Story pitch. that would have been the nuance that this segment needed. Um <laughs>
0: I I one thing I'm not sure if anyone noticed was Don Callis in the background talking to uh, like the daycare owner or something. He said, "This is the this is the demographic we're really targeting." <laughs> he was like, "This is the this is the seven to was like the five to nine demographic <laughs> we've been targeting, uh, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, uh, one thing I will point out was, um, I mean, I think a lot of people noticed this was. JR accidentally said the WWE champion Kenny Omega leading into this segment, and uh, after the segment, like overcorrected by saying the you know great stuff from the AEW champion there. <laughs> like like someone had told him, dude, you fucked up during the uh, during the thing. He's like, okay, no, I got this. I'm gonna really stress that it's the AEW champion. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, um, good stuff. Not not so much good stuff from JR, but I mean we've come to expect it. Next, we had Santana Ortiz versus the Young Bucks. Uh, they came out to the inner circle music, Santana Ortiz, which I was a little bit disappointed by because I was hoping for some proud and par- but they're not called proud and powerful aren't they, anymore. So Does that mean the uh, the music's gone as well? I guess. No, I, they I,
1: came out last last time. Um with, with it. Yeah. What was the, in the in the uh, tech team battle royale, they came out. Yeah, they, to they the did come out to proud powerful and powerful. Music. Yeah, so yeah. so
0: there's no reason they couldn't. I just I guess because they were all coming out as a unit, they used that, but I missed it. Um, yeah, kind of really fast start to this match, what did fast match overall really, what did you make of it guys?
2: Yeah, I love this match Um, again, still triggers me that they got this um, match based on losing a battle royal and losing it in a circle tag team tournament but you know, tag team tournament tag team match Um, but no, overall really good match for me, Uh, some really good spots I actually convinced myself in it that Santana Ortiz were going to win because I think, I think they were just looking really good. And I was like, actually what if it was an inner circle versus in circle match for the tag champs at revolution? And then what if the bucks and good brothers do get their match at revolution? And I had all these theories going through my head. Unfortunately, none of them paid out. And, um, yeah, we're still getting the Young Bucks-Chris jericho Jeff match at Revolution, which I'm fine with at the moment. It's one of the matches I'm most hyped for in Revolution, so fair play. Um, and I'll enjoy it because there's plenty of time to get Santana Ortiz and Chris jericho Jeff match, and there's plenty of time to get Bucks-Good Brothers. We talk about rushing. That would have been rushing, to be fair. Yeah. Um,
0: You've you got all this time for it to play, aren't those,
2: you Exactly. Like, we're not going anywhere, are we? So you might as well just, you know... Do the matches that make sense for the moment and just, you know, if you've got a good storyline, why cut it short, play it out. People are loving it. People are loving both these storylines, the inner circle and the um Bullet Club storyline. So keep it going. I mean, if you've got a good thing, keep it going. Um, but in terms of the match, no, really enjoyed it. Um trying to think what there was actually there was a really good spot which I wanted to talk about, which I never tend to talk about um spots when I'm doing my bit of the podcast because i'm not very good at what moves are called um but this one i definitely did want to give a shout out so they started off santana ortiz holding who i think was nick jackson then throw him in the air and twist round, and then
0: i've written down, for did that? You I've written down. A, ma- a magic killer backbreaker
2: <clears throat> that for me was probably the best move in the match i really enjoyed watching that and it just looks so slick and I'm a big um, Santana Ortiz um, fan recently, especially. I think they look really good. And it was such a shame to hear that this is their first tag um, title shot. Because why? They're one of the big, best tag teams in um, AEW. But that being said, they're definitely going to get more shots. And they deserve they deserve to be, for me, in the circle tag champs. I don't want to see Jericho and MJF. But, you know, if that's the way it's got to be, that's the way it's got to be. But, um no. In terms of match for me, um, what would I give it? I'd probably give it a 4 out of 5. I don't know whether that's matched with you, Tom, on your sheet.
0: Um, I was a little bit lower, but not too much lower, but 3.75. Yeah. I think I think my point of contention in it was. Uh, okay, so the by the way, I just want to agree that ma- what I put as a Magic Killer backbreaker was fantastic. Because at the start, it was a Magic Killer setup and it turned into a backbreaker, so I guess that's what you'd call it. Um, but. Uh, yeah based on the amount of spots i've written down and very little else uh, there was a there was a twist in stunner from matt jackson um there was a, oh, a avalanche falcon arrow um which i think was from santana on one of the bucks from the top rope um assisting rolling cutter where one of santana ortiz kind of threw the other into uh, a like a rolling thunder into a cutter um uh, there was, well, it was a kick out from the Street Sweeper, which was very nice. And uh, I think it was Ortiz um, reversed the... Uh, reversed the Was it Ortiz? No, Santana. It was Santana escaped the BTE trigger. And both Matt and Nick's kind of knees bumped into each other. Um, I felt like this match at times kind of ran the risk of being a spot fest where it's just a series of big spots rather than anything kind of linking them together as a cohesive match. Um, you know, nobody kind of kind of selling, like, absorbing the punishment and selling the moves long-term over the match. It all started to come together as a match to me. Um, and, like, because, as well, there was no there was no story behind it for me as well, which is always a big pet peeve of mine with AEW matches. There was no story that they could tell with this match, really. Um, it was because it was just, we've given you a title shot because you lost the match. Like, as you say, it was a bit weird. Um, it really started to come together with me when they powerbombed Nick, I believe, into the crowd. And we, we knew that their parents were there, Papa Buck and... And uh, I guess you'd call her Mama Buck. I don't know if she actually goes by that. Um, uh, and then it was over. And then, like a, cu- a couple of moves later, it was over. After, as soon as you know, after it started to come together, you know, I wrote for me. Oh, now it's coming together. Power bump, power Oh, it was Matt actually, not Nick. Sorry, into the crowd. And and then right after then, it finished. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it was good. It was a good match. I, I just felt like it could use some glue, some technical glue. Kind of holding it together a little bit, I don't know, and some story as well. But uh, Patrick, thoughts on this match?
1: I like the um, the near faults, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the yeah, the, there were a lot of near faults for, yeah, uh, Santana yeah, and Ortiz. I like that, like Jack also said before, like I thought for if not for only a second, for a few minutes, maybe they're gonna win that match. But it, what if they're gonna win then at, at Revolution, they're facing Chris Jericho and MJF, and this yeah. would, further go on in, in the storyline. So it made sense for a few moments that they might win it and they were close to it. And then I also like the finish that it was just a simple inside cradle, uh, the, the roll up from, from, from Nick to to make them win. So it makes uh, Santana and Ortiz look a little strong, not mm-hmm. weak. And maybe this can transition in two or is it three weeks to uh, the revolution match. I don't know if they're winning clean then against... Um, MJF and Chris Jericho and then it makes like okay maybe this is a little too much interpretation if people didn't look too much into it but it made this finish made them look better than uh Chris Jericho and MJF like as a better tech team this is isn't it funny how
0: you we know. um we we kind of equate and it's true though we equate them taking like a roll-up pin um to lose is kind of protecting them rather than having them lose to a finisher. But it's, yeah. it, I think it's more about the element of surprise. Like There's like an element of sneakiness to it if someone gets a roll-up in a way, do you know what I mean? Whereas you've decisively beaten them if you hit your finisher. And, I like
2: the and um, the... the way they, they did it as well, where they were getting con- cocky and Ortiz was going, the best, the best, the best. <laughs> yeah. And then it happens. It's like, you know, you got to focus on what you're doing instead of getting carried away. I like that element.
0: Patrick, I'm interested... Um... As a as a wrestling a wrestling connoisseur, what you would say uh, makes a match a spot fest in a negative way, um and whether this particular match around the risk of being it at times
1: spot fest would be yeah usually um sometimes yeah I, okay this goes back <laughs> a little further maybe ECW had it sometimes back in the days also they had sometimes real spot fests where there was no connection between the moves so this is what I would exactly. say would make a spot fest, you don't have any connections, you're just like in these old ECW matches, especially with uh, New Jack or New Jack against the uh, the Dudleys, they were just dragging themselves, like beating once, twice, then dragging through the crowd, laying on a table, climbing up one, one minute, going up to the next level balcony and doing a splash through it and then Maybe pin, win, or just go back to the ring and then pin them there. Like these, you know that there, there, uh, there's a lack of transition in 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 the match with uh, with moves uh, yes. themselves. You transition have to make is the is the word. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that everything fits together. That everything looks looks more like a mess, uh, like a mess. Not 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 like, like uh, negative. Like everything put together instead of uh, just single bits, just somehow connected. Whatever. This, yeah, this is what I like. And this is then when you're saying, like, thinking about a spot fest. Maybe this is what JR is thinking about it when he's thinking, Oh, I have these negative connotations to the spots they're showing in the matches. Yeah. But in the end, they're just showing the spots or like a lot of spots or whatever, then, but just. For the excitement to get you more involved you're like wow wow yeah but um if they can mix technical stuff in it which for example yeah. kenny can do very very good that's uh, why the elite are can... so good together
0: i think yeah and because i mean the bucks tell a good the story. bucks the buck. i mean jim Cornette, especially and on and, and people of his ilk um who are critics of the elite they always call the bucks spot monkeys um they never call kenny a spot monkey do you know what i mean so even if, uh, I love the young Bucks and I think they can tell amazing stories when there's a story there to tell, do you know what I mean? In their matches, um, it's Kenny who you know, the, it's the combination of them that makes the elite such a good trio with, um, you know, Kenny, Matt and Nick doing their amazing, amazing stuff like, um, you know, their innovative, uh, tag tagging. And then Kenny's got, you know, he's got the technical chops there, um, I think it's probably a bit unfair to call this match a Spotfest. fest. It, it, like I said, it at time there was a point in the match where I was like, it's running the risk of becoming a spot fest. I wouldn't give it the spot fest stamp though. Um, it was, it was, a, it was decent. Um, like I said, there's only so much they can do when there's not store, not really a story there to tell. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think it's like, like you said, a spot fest is really kind of, for me, it's it's kind of most simple boiled down definition is just a series of spots with nothing connecting them do you know what I mean um and uh and also uh I would say when you're not kind of you're not kind of absorbing the moves properly so in one in one moment you'll take like a a fucking rotating super ball punch pile driver on the on the ring apron and then uh, and move. then yes yeah <laughs> A rotating super ball punch pile driver let's that's let's that's, that's go back to the old smackdown vs royal games where you can create a finisher and make that um, and uh I think, and, and i it,
1: think uh oh now i forgot the name what what's the masked uh commentary name shit no, I forgot the it excalibur excalibur oh, i yeah. uh, makes mixed, mixed up all they messed up all the other joke but i said that excalibur would be the only one who could call a yeah. finisher you would create in a game he could still call it on the fly yeah. so sorry <laughs>
0: As I was saying, and then they'd take a move like that. Well, well, not like that, but you know what I mean? A ridiculous move. And then they'd be up kind of, you know, the next thing, executing a crazy move of their own. That's a that's another thing that kind of makes a spot fest to me. But, but it was a good match. It was a good match. It was a decent match. I'm, I'm being far too harsh on what was a fantastic tag match with uh, the essence of tag matches for me is creativity. And they had that in abundance. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's doing things with two people... There's so much more things, that you, so many doors you open up when there's you, it's two-person moves and you can be hitting it on one or two people uh, than there is in singles matches. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's kind of reflective in, you know, you uh, unless it's a match with Ray Phoenix in, um, then uh, you don't always see new stuff every single time you watch a match, but you can in tag matches because of just the sheer kind of number of things that haven't even been tried yet. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's what I love. I love stuff like this Magic Killer Backbreaker, the Jack... Jack mentioned. And yeah, decent, decent stuff. Uh, one thing we did sk- skip over was MJF getting the inner circle ejected. Uh, and this kind of combined with Chris Jericho snapping him. Do you guys think that uh, MJF's going to become, they're going to start realising that he's kind of a detriment to this team? What with, you know, Sammy leaving and now this, or do you think it's going to be a, a bit of a while yet before we see anything kind of happening like that? I hope they don't realise it too soon
2: because again, that's just, for me, they've got so much more they could do with this. There's so much more time they could go with this. Like, I would I would like to see MGF not make it so obvious for a while and just, you know, try and get some sort of... Like okay, you've got what you wanted now. Sammy's like out. Like he
0: was, like he's almost been exposed, so he needs <coughs> to yeah. So he needs to kind yeah, of hunker down and exactly be a, be a be a turtle in his shell for a while. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? And not 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 stir the pot, and then and then kind of start his next plot when someone else becomes a problem. Do you know what I mean? That's it. which, Gen- which probably will be Chris Jericho, won't it?
2: That's as the it. Leader. Yeah. Well, I mean Gen Z reference, but like with Among Us, you kill someone, you don't gain kill someone straight away. You just gotta kind of you got hide for a bit kind of play it safe until you can and I feel like with MJF yeah okay so the first first step in his plan he's got in the inner circle second step get rid of Sammy you're now Chris Jericho's favorite then the next step is obviously for me personally would be either get rid of Jericho so that you've got just one big man in Wardlow because obviously he loves Wardlow or maybe Wardlow leaves or yeah taking over from Jericho but I think I think there's a lot more time to do that, and they don't need to rush it. And I, I think the worst thing that could happen would be, as you said, Tom, if they were to realise Ray soon and M. Jeff's out, because it would just, the when when it first happened, MJF Jeff um, coming into the inner circle. I know me personally, and you guys probably as well. So many possibilities of what storylines they could do. That's what I love about wrestling, and what that's what I love about AEW. When something awesome happens, i.e. when Kenta came, and then your mind just goes into creativity mode mjf joining the inner circle for me was like oh my god all this stuff that could happen now um and yeah it would just be disappointing for me if they just you know pulled the trigger on it too soon and mjf's out bye
0: we have to talk about what happened after the match which inner circle came back down and started beating up the bucks um we cut to a backstage shot of kenny and the good brothers watching on um and Acting outraged, like, oh, they, I can't believe they're beating up the Bucks. This is this is someone's got to stop this, but not actually doing anything. Meanwhile, Brandon Cutler is right there. He runs out, which which was a great tool to show how long the others were taking. That someone could be there immediately, they just weren't. Do you know what I mean? And they were, I think, someone put it dilly dallying. You know about about whether they'd come out or not. They were faffing, as we say in the UK, um, about whether or not to come out, and you know. And then eventually the Good Brothers did. Kenny didn't, so in- interestingly. And they were kind of hobbling their way to the ring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, again, not looking so urgent. Um, and eventually made the save after Brown and Cutler had already tried to make the save and got his ass kicked. Um, yeah. Thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, the the, the uh, Good Brothers, when they came out, they also they, they, they came out very slow and had this hand movement, like, pushing them away, like, shush, shush, we're coming, Shh. This, like they they jumped out they didn't really go for them or after them or anything and also what what I said before uh, you saw in the kindergarten segment that um Don callis spoke for Kenny and didn't le- let him decide and now you saw it again that he did it for him and didn't let him go out um yeah that, that's just like showing in in these two segments they they showed good that uh, Don callis now has to say and Kenny is bowing down to what he's saying he doesn't maybe not it's not thinking for himself anymore at one point or just thinks he's doing everything good everything's bad so you can already see also in which direction this might go in the future that he is uh, setting himself free from him or the bugs are freeing uh kenny from him one day maybe so this is like but well, this is very far in the future and uh that jack said that you can see like what's going on now like the, what what would be the next step for the inner circle what would mjf do what what would happen now um and that hopefully not at revolution or all out what what Jack said that they, they, they are not maybe kicking mjf out or so but they also should not kick out um jericho too too early you know this ah, it it's a hard hard thing what comes next or are they replacing just MJF uh, or doing MJF as a replacement for Sammy in there I don't know what's going on there like I, I would also like to see uh, Hager and Watlow team up like as a big guy tag team one day maybe Hager is getting out Watlow so yeah it's, what if
2: it's... as well though what if that something happens at Revolution to put um, Jericho out for a while and then MJF comes in as like yeah. temporary charge and then it's like when Jericho's back MJF doesn't want to step down and then
0: yeah I the thing is you say you know we we don't want them to pull the trigger on this too soon it's very true this is also exactly the kind of storyline that could run too long if if they if they let it so it's all about them finding the right the very right time to pull the trigger on it um, which that's why they get paid the big bucks I guess um, but yeah we sh- will hopefully get some very, you know there's hopefully there's a very good chance of this being uh, like one of the best storylines we've seen so far in AEW, if they do it right, which I hope they do. Um, and, you know, I believe they will. Optimist. Next up, we had Brandy Rhodes come in to announce the answer to the question that's been on everyone's lips, which is should we give a shit about what gender <laughs> her baby has? <is? laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, there was a Brandy and Cody's gender reveal. Uh, Cody wasn't aware of the gender of their baby. Um, it's a girl, funnily enough. Um, and Cody Cody pretended to be psyched about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, j- I'm joking. I'm j- no, but you know what I mean? Like, like he goes, yes, that's the one my head. I wanted. That's the one I wanted, like... Like, wouldn't you be doing that if it was a boy as well? He's got to act like, no, I never wanted... A this is the one I wanted, do you know what I mean? Um, but as we know, you can have a dynasty with girls, and it's 2021, Charlotte Flair is... I, I was going to say, Charlotte Flair is the women's champ. I don't know if she is or not. I don't watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's not because of Charlotte Flair or any of the women over there. They have a very, very good women's division <laughs> in WWE. Very talented ladies. Yeah, you know, I... Hashtag something. Uh, <laughs> where the fuck is John Moxley's gender reveal? Do you know what I mean? This just feels like, you know, Patrick, help me out here.
1: <laughs> I, I can. The only thing I can say about this, like, uh, add another sixty seconds or ninety seconds to the minutes before, um, which could have gone to one more women's match, uh, because no one gives a crap. Um <laughs> although I'm I'm very happy for these guys, like really honesty, but I really also no, don't sure. care about their private life because I want to see their wrestling life and their private Another life. Another thing I... that
0: could be on YouTube because yeah. that's what or it's meant for. That's what exactly you know that's what film in your life is meant because that's why we tune into BTE because originally. Yeah. Because it's right, obviously
1: BTE become nightmare family channel. They have it all there, just yeah. not on this precious ninety minutes they have. Uh, to show the world what they're all about why we should watch them and why we should engage with them that's definitely not a point where to engage with them Uh, let's hope they're happy like you said there is a dynasty with other good great women in it like in in wrestling if they want if if the girl even wants to go on wrestling I don't know it's just I don't care I really couldn't care less and I really also just to make a smooth transition don't know what Cody was doing there at the commentary in the beginning
0: I, I I think I can answer that for you, Patrick. And it's just a guess on my part. But I think they wanted to do this segment, but they were very aware of the backlash they got if they dedicated an entire segment to it. So they incorporated it into an entrance for Cody, who wasn't wrestling this week, so he had to be out there to do something. So he hopped on commentary for a match he has no relevancy to. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's my call. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh... Then And then it, it doesn't have any relevancy. He, he doesn't even really tell... The story of what's happening on the screen what we are should be watching now at that moment and then something happens in there like but uh, yeah we can we can tell that later it's just a small bit but well the match
0: that he was there to commentate on was ftr versus matt and mike seidel um my first time seeing mike seidel and uh it, dory funk jr was in attendance as well uh, just a little fun side note Braven braving the rona um i don't know he might have been vaccinated he's an old guy isn't he um yeah wasn't that impressed with mike Seidel, honestly i thought matt Seidel was involved in pretty much every single one of the big spots there was some sloppy stuff from from mike in my opinion there was a uh rounded moonsault i think you'd call it i also think some wwe fans would probably call it twisted bliss um uh, that he goes as far as say he botched to be honest um and like I said, I felt like all the big spots were in, uh, was was Matt Seidel was involved in, he was a lot smoother, and his brother was kind of like a, a Tech version of him. Um, yeah, uh, thoughts on this match, um, after I've just taken a little bit of time just to rag on Mike Seidel, uh, and not mention anything else about the match, very professional, thoughts on this match, Jack?
2: Yeah, I didn't care for it, if I'm honest, um, which is probably why I decided to cook my dinner whilst watching it, because it was a match where I wasn't too fuss again knew the outcome um every now and then you know well I'd say every now and then obviously whilst my food was cooking watch nothing of it was really going in it was very much like I was watching something but my mind is elsewhere whether that was on dinner because I was hungry I have no idea um I mean from what I saw FTR doing FTR shit I mean they're great aren't they should we um,
0: go to Patrick Cause I don't really think Jack absorbed any of this match. <laughs>
2: I'm fucking with you. Carry on. No, no, Fett. No, honestly. (laughs) From what I saw. No, no, okay. Well,
0: you don't say you're serious if you're not serious.
2: (laughs) Carry on. Uh, Okay, if you want to hop over to Patrick, my one leaving comment before we go what happened at the end of the match. Yeah, Mike Seidel, B-Tech, Matt Seidel. There you go. Patrick, take the floor.
1: Yeah, I was just, uh, 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 by the way, looking at Mike Seidel on... Wikipedia just to get some, some, uh, some Gate. info about him because I They've also the in. first,
0: sorry. They've been involved in Dragon Gate together, I believe.
1: Dragon Gate. Okay, good. I, 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 unfortunately never watched Dragon Gate and I just needed to get a little heads up on him here. So yeah, he, he's in the wrestling since Jesus Christ. I don't even see that. See, it's just this, this pro wrestling fandom web website where it's on. So it doesn't even say yeah. First time for me seeing him. Um, I liked him in the ring. I was surprised because I didn't know him, didn't know what to say. Uh, Matt Seidel is, is really a, a very good ad- athlete. So um, yeah, the, the, the comparison to his brother is like, he's, he's from different stature. So in the end, the match was okay, I would say. Um, it didn't tell too much about the story or anything in there. It was just, I would say, it was just an extended squash match. Um, what I said before, like in, in the match, what happened was... Uh, that there came in this graphics out of nowhere. That there's a, a ladder match for the TNT uh, number one face of the revolution, revolution. ladder match. F- yeah. Face, and face then of the Cody, revolution ladder match. Yeah, and Cody is in there. Uh, and then I was like, is this why Cody is now on commentary? This this whole thing really confused me. Like, yeah, it it didn't feel didn't feel good. So like that the match was good. Uh, then these things like cody comes before then they have this this graphic in there saying this match is taking place and so i, I felt distracted like i i can't blame jack for cooking uh, uh, his dinner <laughs> during that because he didn't mi- miss anything it was just it was distracting it was more interesting what happened afterwards um but this this time was just like yeah it, it w- got also like interrupted by a, by a, a break on on the normal on the us tv so they also said okay it's maybe not that important I think it's it's sad um, because this could have been a better match if they would give him it like the right uh, the right spot that everyone is really uh, listening to it and looking at it. But the commentary was distracted. You were as a viewer distracted. That wasn't fair for the guys in the ring.
0: Which is a shame because I don't think it was a bad match. I think there were some really notable spots in this match. Um, FTR really showing their their their, their wrestling skills. Um, we'll just mention. Tully was the other person we mentioned earlier who was snow, snowed out of, uh, of dynamite and stuck in Texas. Uh, so Tully was not there. Um, yeah, there was, there was a beautiful German suplex off, off the ropes by Cash. And uh, almost kind of like answering him, there was a, they even called it on commentary, a really nice kind of fast regular suplex in the ring from Dax. Um, so, you know, when people call them the best technical wrestlers in the world, I mean, they won our best technical technical wrestlers, or did they? No, they were up there, they came second after Kenny. They won tag team, the, didn't they? Tag team, yeah, and uh, second second on technical. That's why, you know what I mean, they um, they do beautiful stuff uh, in terms of technical wrestling. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I gave it a 3 out of 5, I thought it was a decent match if you paid Attention to it. It's just, it's just as Patrick <laughs> said. There was distractions. Distraction. I wasn't. I, that wasn't a dig. I was saying. I was saying it well, was easy to lose lose well, focus
2: in, on it. In case anyone cared, my pasta was lovely.
1: Nice. Um, I said pasta tonight. That yeah. was good. <laughs>
2: <Okay>. <laughs> Tom, Tom just takes edge. She's like, okay. <laughs> like it is. he's just like, no give us a shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Something. Something I really liked after the match because after the match, we'll we'll talk about now. Um. Oh, FTL one. You all knew that, though. Um, after the match, uh, Luchasaurus returned with a new mask uh, and uh, that has horns on again. Um, and yeah, and they all kind of faced off in the ring. One thing I like though, is leading up to that save, uh, I think it was... Was it Matt Seidel's hair that was going to be cut? The uh, FTR got Doc Samson's medical kit, took some scissors out of it, and went to cut, I think, Matt Seidel's hair. Um... One thing I really liked was, uh, Jack will know this, we, we've talked about Alan from The Hangover before, but again, I got really big Alan energy here. You know when Alan, uh, when uh, someone takes his bag and he goes, hey, that is a that is a Louis Vuitton, <laughs> right? I got really big that energy from Tony Schiavone when he was like outraged about them using the scissors. And it didn't seem like he was outraged about Mike Seidel's hair being cut. He was like, he was like, hey, that is for surgical tape. <laughs> like he seemed mad that they weren't using it for tape rather than they were cutting Matt Seidel's hair, that they were misusing scissors that had been allocated for a medical procedure. Hey, that is, that is for medical tape. That is for surgical tape. Uh, that was, that was what I got. I just laughed at that. I just wanted to slot in from Tony Schiavone. Uh, and yeah, um, the save was good. Typical, typical wrestling save. Um, I don't remember that much about it. I was I was still laughing at the surgical tape line.
2: Mom, Austin Gunn's doing it again. Oh, oh whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, <laughs> when there's actually, no music.
0: Wrong point, really, on, uh, the wrong point. on the wrong point. Yeah, yeah, actually, I skipped over the women's match. Uh, a little re- 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 rewind. Um, Austin Gunn was doing, oh, let's go re- hu- Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! No! <laughs>
1: You're doing it wrong! He was really actually inter- doing. Oh, let's go real deep. Oh, let's go real deep. Was, was he? Like, was
0: he doing the deep as well? Like trying yeah, to get I that part so. going. I think
1: so. He's just because
0: the- he's just. I All I know. heard
2: was when he was going. He's on crack. He was going. Let's go Rio.
0: Let's go deep. That's what was he I heard. He doing that himself. But um, well, then
2: everyone else joined him. But, but he listen, you
0: don't. Need, you don't need to go. Oh, let's go. You don't need that chant because Rio. Tom, Tom, Tom d- we've we done it I know. two weeks ago. I know. I know. I know. No, listen, listen though, listen. Riho has a two-syllable name. There's already a very simple chant lined up for her, which is Let's Go, Riho. Okay? Like, that's that what why mess with the classics? Also, Austin Gunn doesn't need to be doing this anymore. They had they had fans there this week. Like, cheer, yeah, cheer, because um, you know, it adds to the atmosphere. It makes it sound like there's more by all means keep cheering, Austin. But this isn't your job now. Do you know what I mean? Starting chants, it's if he's doing it, if he's doing it fine. If he was doing it when there wasn't any real fans there, that's fine. You know, it, it's it's a substitute for a real crowd experience. But now there are real fans there. It's just inorganic and inauthentic to have a wrestler start start a chant for the crowd to follow. Do you know what I mean? Chants they're supposed to come from. It's, you know, this this shouldn't be your job anymore. Is that's why I think anyway.
1: I don't know. I saw Patrick nodding. Whether you agree with me or not. Mm, completely agree. I have some M and M's with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> completely agree with that. <laughs>
0: Proudly, the most unprofessional podcast on AEW.
1: Yes, it's fruity, delicious skittles. Ah, oh, no, that's what Jr. used to say on Raw back in the days. Um, yeah, I'm really annoyed by Austin Gunn now. To jump mm. in there, I don't like that anymore. I just Jack looks sad because he was your hero. <laughs>
0: He's gone from hero to how the mighty. Of, you even live long enough to become be a hero. No, be yeah, even yeah. die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. That's what's happened yeah. to Austin Gunn
1: yeah it's like maybe he is two-faced maybe he has split personality and just supports both of them or starts a chance <laughs> for both of them no just enough from this banter from me but really it's just it just now at the point it annoys me at in the beginning like we we're like yeah he's so good and now he starts to take it over too much and should just yeah like the, before, are, the are real fans there now and he's yeah.
0: taking he's taking that yeah. from real fans now when before he was the film for real fans but now he's he's taking the spotlight from real fans on Austin Gunn. Like, anyway,
2: but you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, on. Well, I was just—I I just thought I'd have a look and see how much he is on cameo. Thirty-seven pound fifty. if We all put in like 12, 13 quid. We can get. We can a cameo. get him to answer
0: for him. His yeah. On the podcast.
2: Yeah. We, we <laughs> can
0: get. Oh, into why cameo. are you the way you are? <laughs> <laughs> just like, that's like what I thought. How good would that you be? You can book. No, but it'll be—it'll be a bit more. But you can actually book video chats with wrestlers now. So Wait, much. how much would
1: nice that video be, be like? Twelve pound or? Let me no, see. Austin no, Gunn video chat.
0: Yeah, because Cameo does video chats now. Imagine we just corralled Austin Gunn. A- <laughs> Austin, Austin, big fans, big fans. But why are you still doing this?
2: Tell us! No, but honestly, I'm down. Let's get, him, let's get him on. Let's get a little clip of Austin Gunn and we can get him to talk on the podcast. It would get
0: us noticed if we became that podcast that, that assaulted Austin Gunn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, let, let's move on because that could happen in a future episode, so... I'm keep. still going
0: to try and get a lawyer as well. So, I mean, we're going to need one apparently after, <laughs> after we start harassing uh, Austin Gunn on that. Well,
2: keep 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 posted, fans of W A N K, because we might be getting Austin Gunn on to to speak for his actions.
0: speak for we get we'll get a little judge panel going on. <laughs> he won't know what has hit him. Um, <laughs> Next up, we have uh, the second of what I kind of consider kind of dual promos. The one, the one with uh, Eddie Kingston earlier. This was kind of the reply from John Moxley, where he mentioned stuff that Eddie said. This was my favorite uh, John Moxley promo because I know a big complaint from Liam last week was that John Moxley says a lot without really saying anything. Like he, or, or he just, he just says the blueprint. He says the same thing, like, "Hey, insert name." I'm I'm coming for you, blah blah blah. He kind of he was more kind of methodical about calling people out and what he plans to do in this promo. And one thing I really liked about this promo was when he said uh, he's gonna whoop Eddie's ass until he realizes that he cares about him. Do you know what I mean? And that that's some good stuff, do you know what I mean? And and it it came back in the match, which we'll talk about next. But oh, I think this was my favourite. I know it was my favorite john moxley promo of the year because i did like the one he cut the other week about kent being a dork <laughs> but um it was it was good stuff i i i liked it he's a he's a microphone master is our john patrick any thoughts on this
1: i was so happy when i when i listened to the episode and finally found someone who agrees with me on uh, john moxley promos <laughs> you, you could also say yeah insert name blah 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 so it was nice it's it's i i have to say i like mox but I completely agree with Liam on this on this, uh, on this this point that there's, he's saying a lot, but it doesn't have a lot of uh, content to itself and always like in the same tone to bring his character over. So it's just, it's just, for me, I don't really listen to it anymore, completely what he's saying. I just get the vibe from it. I'm just like, yeah, he's going to be in the match. He's just hyping us up there. And then we just go from there. Would and, you say, uh, I
0: mean, it was a very short promo, but would you say that yeah. this was an improvement over... Over other ones in the content of what he said, uh, and like what I said about the kind of emotional note that he hit about Eddie Kingston and you know his his plans for this person, that person, and and crucially saying that you know, reminding us or drilling home or reassuring us that the stuff with Kenny isn't over, um which obviously came back later, but yeah,
1: yeah, th- this is what I liked like this this outcome from it from his promos is good. But like I said before, he always goes into the same direction and vibe and this stuff. So like, yeah, you you can you can listen to it, by the way, but you don't have to completely focus on it. Uh, He has this like always the same uh, keywords in it, like with violence, gonna kick your ass. So, you know, he he always creates that that same vibe um, where, like I said, like after seeing him a year, year and a half, it's nothing special anymore, maybe that's that's more important It's nothing special anymore, but I also like that he mentioned Kenda said that he's gonna um defend it then and that he's gonna uh fight Kenny again and then I was like well yeah, all those things i
0: that. felt all those things I feel like he fit so much into it though um which I think is you know it makes for a good promo uh like I'm not disagreeing with you by any means, but I mean, you listened to the show last week, what would you say to my counter argument? Um, devil's advocate or whatever you want to call it that would would stone cold just be cutting the same promo every week do wrestlers not just get given a, 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 a not i wouldn't say one dimensional but like a you know a almost one dimensional character that they need to run with um and that's their persona and they've got to work within those kind of their gimmick do you know what i mean um would it not be also fair to say that stone cold pretty much cut the same cut the same promo every week
1: He absolutely did. That's what I agree on. Stone Cold also did. The Rock also did a lot of the things always the same time, the same things he said, the same quotes. He's quoting himself over and over again every week after every week when you really watch these shows on the network or you know that or you just need to watch like the pay-per-views from the years. They're repeating themselves like a lot. And when you see the promo packages. So I think that's that's a general thing because you cannot... um, uh, reinvent every time your character every few months because when you see somebody every week, every week you're like yeah he's gonna say that and yeah we get you know like for a new listen uh, if you, for a new viewer of the show this would be good you can get the vibe of John Moxley after a while but knowing him there um, now for us uh, yeah one and a half years two years he's there now um, it's just you know it's just like you 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 have a marriage after a while you're not listening anymore to your wife so much you just <laughs> know what she means. <laughs> sorry this drifted off in the wrong direction well sorry, between Jenny, this and me saying it, but... that cody
0: was probably disappointed about having a girl this is a this is a very female positive <laughs> episode of i think we need a female guest on for for like parity now but yeah no i mean i think we kind of unfairly target john moxley because that i think i'm i've been wondering myself why is it we come back to john moxley and john moxley's promo specifically over anyone and i think it's just because the sheer number of it and the sheer number of of segments they haven't cut on his own. Do you know what I mean? If I think if you took any wrestler and you had their backstage segments, just them talking to a camera, eventually you would notice the exact same flaws. I don't think it's a problem with John Moxley. I think it's a problem with wrestling as a vehicle for what they're trying to accomplish here with these promos. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't think you can put a guy in front of a camera every single week with just him talking to the camera and and not have this problem crop cr- cr- up with anyone do you know what i mean even probably mjf because he needs someone to bounce off do you know what i mean with the mic skills he has so they i think it's because john moxley has this lone wolf thing so they don't really show him in a lot of backstage segments with other people whereas people like mjf who has great segments he's got the inner circle and they have they have bits between him i think john moxley's personality would shine through a lot more if they put him in backstage segments with people do you know what i mean um and and there's also a humor element as well, and we know that John Moxley can be funny because some of the stuff he says makes me laugh. Do you know what I mean? And um, and like when he's ripping on somebody, so and sto- like Stone Cold, people people criticise him about being this, the new Stone Cold, but Stone Cold was hilarious sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like um, that gift. I, I remember that's...
1: that that match, or like the, this backstage check like when he had the Booker T in the grocery store. Hilarious, really. Yeah. Like the, the the quotes he hits in there, like it's just pure comedy, really.
0: And I'm thinking also about that vi- that gif of him. Uh, obviously, it wasn't originally a gif, but you know what I mean. It's been gif of him where he's laughing and he just goes like blank face. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it's, it's he it's good stuff. And I think and, jo- and John Moxley can be very funny as well. And I think I think you know all the best wrestlers are a little bit funny, even when they're serious and intense. Like Kenny Omega was funny today. Do you know what I mean with the um, with the, or last night? Should I say with the. Um, the segment with the kids, and you know he's he does a lot of funny stuff, so I think that's an element to it. Um, but yeah, I, give me variation in John Moxley's uh, backstage segments, and I think you'll see more of Moxley come through rather than just him in front of a camera cutting a one-man primer every week. So that led us in to our main event of the evening: Eddie Kingston and the Butcher from the Blade versus John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Ray Phoenix going to start with jack because i know he's going to have something to get off his chest which was they cut archer's music midway through the everybody dies shout it was every and then started getting quiet and they didn't finish it um jack should this be tried at the hague as a crime against humanity
2: cancel dynamite AW's done for. They can't just do that. <laughs> um, no, but, I mean... It was dirty, wasn't it? It, it, it was horrible. Was, it was dirty. didn't feel right. At least just do... Everybody dies. And then they you really not wait it? another... Yeah, another like, literally a second. <laughs> literally. Um, but no, in terms of the match for me, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know whether I'm starting to slowly go off Eddie Kingston because out of this whole match, he was my least favourite. Um, because... I really like Butcher and Blade, and I have for a while. Um, obviously, Mox is Mox. We love Mox. Um, and I thought, the, I thought the partnership between Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix was spot on. Especially my favourite spot was when Lance Archer was doing his walking along the ropes, holding on to... This is where I can't remember who it was. I think we'll go for the Blade. And um, I think, yeah, I think it was the Blade and Butcher was uh, on the side by the ring. And, yeah archers holding on to say the blade um along the ropes and then ray phoenix jumps onto the top of the sneaks uh, behind him, yeah he? and then yeah manages to jump off the ring post onto like the apron to then jump off onto the butcher and i thought that spot in general was really good, especially for Lance Archer's a big lad. Like, that's not you're not going
0: to have a lot of space to work with there. He's always looked steady walking the rope to me, no. Lance Archer, and you had to be for this. I mean, he's the untied oh, hero of that spot, isn't
2: he? No, but in certain terms of his size, well, you've got to imagine like the, that ring rope, the ring rope to ring to so many. I know work. what you mean, it's so, going to yeah, be dipped down. The apron, sorry, yeah, the the rope to the apron. That's already not a lot of space. Plus, then you've got a body in front of you there, so that's even limited space. I thought he just did a superb job. Uh, it was it was a good match. In terms of the last couple of main events we've had, like last week's and beach break, this did dip for me.
0: Um, There's been a trend of multi-man matches, have you noticed that? Like, yeah. In the main event. When's the last time you saw a singles match for the main event? Not, not for a while, but it just... It did,
2: again, I... I watch wrestling. I, I love the wrestling side of wrestling, obviously. That's why we all watch it. But I love the storyline. Story I'd take a little bit more. I love I love when I'm watching stuff, just picturing what's going to happen next. I like to plant it. And for this, I genuinely can't see because you, you've you got like all these different people and one massive storyline. You've got Eddie Kingston Butch and Butcher and Blade joining in. You've got Lance Archer, Ray Phoenix, which then also has Penta and Pack. You've got um, Mox. You've got Kenny in there. Like, it's like all this one massive sort of storyline. Everyone's got... It's really... Like, it's just... It's cool. I like it. Um, Because they're all really good wrestlers um, in their own right. They've all got some stuff that makes them stand out. And, um, yeah, all for it. Um, Imagine if there was just, like, some massive free-for-all. Like, a big singles match and everyone's just, like...
0: I did think about that. I did think about having a big blow off match with all these people involved, like, that wasn't a tag match. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, uh, like, a championship scramble would be great for this. Um, uh, Like, like you know, a seven. Ma- I don't know if you know about. I mean, you're, I know you're not. Uh, haven't been watching wrestling too long. Championship scramble matches, like, it can change hands multiple times. The championship can change hands multiple times yeah. in the match. It's, like, on a time limit, and, and people will pin each other. And there's, I think, traditionally, it's, like, seven people in it. So you could definitely find seven from this story. Do well, you,
2: you know what I mean? You could even have people to represent. So you probably have, like, Eddie Kingston, Pack, Lance Archer, Kenny Mox, uh, that's five right there. And then if you throw two more in, for example, get Kentring because he's been in recently, and then maybe I don't know because the whole impact thing, Rich Swan,
0: and then you got remember, then seven. all just kind of that could all get involved. That'd be cool. Um, I remember a match from when I was younger, being incredibly psyched about it, um, and it living up to my expectations as well. It was um, an eight-man Hell in a Cell at Armageddon. And it had Kurt Angle was going in as champion, and he left as champion as well. He retained, Um, and it had Undertaker in. I think it had Kane as well. They had like I think Rikishi was in it, and the I think there was like the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, maybe Triple H and stuff. It was it was packed. Um, I'd be impressed if I got that completely right, but and yeah, Patrick's gonna check it now. Um, (laughs) I know him too well, Um, but yeah. uh, It's stuff like that. I'd love to see something like that in AEW. I'd love to see... I'd love them to announce a title match with that many guys in and a special stipulation. Imagine. Um, That would rock. Well, I'm also thinking because you... This, again, is always what
2: I do. Think Revolution around the corner. (laughs) There's five matches being announced for Revolution. You've got Bucks versus Jericho and MJF. You've got the Street fight, which I know we're all really excited for. You've got Sheena versus whoever wins the women's tournament. Hangman versus Matt Hardy. Hang, thank you. That's the fourth one. And then there's one Hangman more.
0: Hangman
2: The ladder match. The ladder. Thank you, Patrick. Ding, ding, ding. We got him. So, yes, yeah, so there's Fice. And I'm thinking, right, well, you've still not got quite a few people that have been important in these storylines recently. Lance Archer's not been announced in a match of any sort. Um, Pac's not been announced. These have been people who've been prominent. In dynamite, the last couple of weeks, and really had a presence. Surely there's going to be a match somewhere like that involving them guys. I think. So I just think that. But anyway, went on a tangent. Um, match, good match. Still not match of the night for me. Who it was going to be my match of the night? Who
0: knows? It wasn't mine either. Um, it wasn't mine. I thought it was. I thought it was uh, <coughs> slight, slightly better than the other multi-man match. Maybe. No, did I rate them the same? I think I might have given them both a 3.5. It wasn't my match of the night though. It took a while to click for me this match. Some reason. Yeah. um, Same here. Same here. Yeah, I found myself like halfway through this match thinking, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's just something missing. It's just not. For me, me. it was the it
2: was the last third. That's when it picked up. When it was starting to get into it. But again, yeah, same as you. I was watching it and I was enjoying it, but I was like, this doesn't have yeah the same intensity, the same pace as the previous main events.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, Let's come to you, Patrick. Thoughts on this main event.
1: I'm gonna go like into the fashion direction first. So first of all, I liked during the entrance, Ray Phoenix like this Shogun feudal Japan style Japanese style mask he was wearing. That was super dope. I really really loved that, like a helmet, like a Shogun samurai helmet from back then. Um, I'm an absolute all-
0: idiot because I just thought he was wearing Pentas mask. You know the you yeah, know the mask, not, Pen- no, not, it... Pen- not yeah. Pentas mask mask, not his ring mask, but the one he wears over his mask on the way to the ring. I thought that's just what he was doing as a. No, it was reminder, something different. Well. I also,
1: also first thought that, but when he was getting closer, it looked like a helmet. But all uh, Japanese historians uh, listening to me saying Shogun Samurai mask in one sentence uh, will freak them out. But anyway, you can write us an email, wankwrestling at gmail.com. Um, and I liked uh, the ring gear um, uh, the butcher was wearing. He looked like a pirate with with his long pants and this red You're adorable. Yeah, I love that. You're, yeah, you're adorable. You said, you said,
0: I liked, I liked the ring gear, the butcher's ring. He looked like a pirate. It's like, oh, yeah, bless right. you, Patrick. Like the... <laughs> Childlike. <laughs> I, I, I like love pirates. it.
1: I love it. Yeah. I liked also, I also liked that it. it's something new, you know, something, you know, it's, it's also the same with Hangman. Like, like uh, my girlfriend always said, like, why is Hangman wearing his pants? He looks stupid. Like, like his, his, his uh, uh, trousers pants. like not, not the long, like like a cowboy is wearing his his jeans and all the curly stuff on the side. And this time also, I was like Eddie King and uh, not Eddie Kingston, the butcher. He he stands out now with his gear also, not only with his tattoos and his looks, but apart from the looks, um, I like the match. It was just for me, it was just a big clash. Let's say like this: there were yeah. moves everywhere. They they. It was messier
0: with... than the uh, than the Bucks versus Proud and Powerful. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean?
1: It was super messy in the beginning. They did. De- I was wondering, they-, they started directly brawling and going in it completely. And then after two minutes, they're like, oh, okay, we have to do a match. Everyone has to stay in its corner. Okay, we're going to do that now. I- yeah, it-, it was just a big brawl, which I loved. Um, I agree also with Jack that it's, that it's shitty that they broke uh, Lance Archer's uh, theme song at the point. And I was like, give this man, because now since... Uh, uh, the last main events he was in, I'm really stoked and hyped for him. I want to see more of him. especially oh, I together. It's, it's Archer yeah. time right now. Yeah, right. Really Archer time. Like, the, the thing they wanted to build up with a TNT uh, tournament, they they didn't do for me, to be honest. Not so much. As for now, now I'm really hyped. I actually want to see him together with John Moxley now, sometimes, uh, in in the ring together. Like, maybe as a tag team, or I don't know, or as partners. For sure. Just works so well together. I
0: got, I got that feeling, them coming out together. Like... Not quite on that level, but like when Stone Cold and The Rock or something were tagged together, do you know what I mean? Like these two kind of lone wolves they put together. When they, them, they, them two walked out and they were side by side, I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. Do you know what I mean? And Phoenix being there, okay, but Phoenix is also, you know, do you know what I mean? It was, it was, it was, it was just really cool seeing those two tagged together. Um, I didn't know that Mox and the Blade had so much history. They touched upon. I don't know whether that would be in CZW or they. Pro- I think they even said the promotion. I just wasn't listening, but they mentioned that he had history with the Blade as well as as well as Eddie Kingston. Um, before I get onto more serious things, I think it was Tony Schiavone or something. It was they were trying to drill home that the pay per view would be on Sunday, and they got to a point where they just kept shouting Sunday. So go, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday <laughs> I was like, okay, I remember it so At least, you know, that's one way to get people to remember but like, Sorry, what was that again? <laughs> like, they were really having fun with it But yeah, Revo- is it, was it Revolutions on a Sunday, not a Saturday Yeah, Revolution Sunday um, Just so everybody knows See, they said Sunday so many times I forgot what they were saying was on the Sunday and I've just remembered the name It's counterproductive Sunday, um, bloody Sunday yeah. Sunday, bloody Sunday Um, I think we have to talk about the Phoenix spot of the night. Well, you you mentioned one Phoenix spot. Um, of course, there was more than one, it being a match with Phoenix in. Um, I even wrote down that he did a really good combo that I liked so much. I even wrote down the whole combo. It was a, a springboard arm drag with a kick. He stopped in the middle of the springboard arm drag when he was up on the top of the ropes to kick a fucker in the head. Um, then, uh, a to- then he... You know, he came down, he did the arm drag, um, ran, ran as soon as he got up and, like, carried on into a tope out of the ring, back in the ring and hit a rolling cutter, got up on the top ropes, hit a frog splash a la Eddie Guerrero, and then I think he was only stopped, like, in this kind of frenzy by um, an exploder off of off of Eddie Kingston. And then, uh, I don't know, it was later on the Archer, yeah, it was later on, Archer chokeslammed him off the off the apron into the butcher and the blade outside the ring, and he rotated in the midair. Um, lovely stuff. I also want to touch on. I loved when um, Mox and Kingston realised they were going to face each other. They both kind of got tagged in, and they were they were looking at each other from either side of the ring, even though Mox did have spit in his beard. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I noticed I noticed that. Um, um, but yeah them, them, and them two got in and started on each other and I want to see more of it I don't want to see this end I want them I want this to come to a crescendo with an emotional this is why we watch wrestling moment where they make up do you know what I mean I want I want them to have an absolutely fucking horrific bloody match like um, you know the whatever it is on the muta scale of how much you bleed I want to see like you know Cody Dustin bleeding I want to see just Fucking violence, and then I want them to just hug it out, do you know what I mean? Um, maybe even hand Eddie the win for this, because this is obviously something that's really... is he lost to Mox twice now? Or, you know, he's he's lost to Mox. He got pinned by Mox again tonight, this is what I'm saying. And he he got, you know, beaten in that I quit match. Um, maybe maybe hand Eddie the win, do you know what I mean? I'd like to... I'd just like to see him make up. Um, I think it could be a really emotional moment if they build on this, and build on this... Complex relationship they have where Mox basically is basically saying he loves them, but they fucking hate each other at the same time. Do you know what I mean? They love and hate each other. It's, it's, there's, there's potential for some really raw emotive storytelling there that doesn't come along every day. Do you know what I mean? I think they need to tap into that. Um, it's like like Kenny and Kota that's that's potential there. Do you know what I mean? Kenny and Kota Bushi's potential for all time great story there. Then we had the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega come out to attack John Moxley. And Kenny Omega uh, said he was granting John Moxley his rematch in his rematch clause, but he got to pick the stipulation, and it's going to be an exploding barbed wire death match. I mean, this Patrick, you you'll be able to tell me, did Mank- was it Mankind and Terry Funk who had this match? Back on yeah, I just I just
1: had to look it up. I googled it quickly. It was Cactus Jack versus Terry Funk in. So yeah, Man- what was uh, not it? mankind.
0: you know what I mean, Mick Foley? Yeah,
1: I- IWA Kawasaki Dream in '95, King of Death yeah. of the Deathmatch Finals. Bob wire rope exploding with C4 match. What the fuck ever. Yeah, that's this that, is I, that's so what I think over the top Japanese.
0: But yeah, it's, it's Bob wire ropes with explosives, and that I mean that sounds like what's they gonna do that match, and I mean. Moxley had to have a say in this. Because <laughs> this, you know, he's he's a CZW boy uh, back in the day, and you have to think he's looking at these hardcore legends like Terry Funk and Mick Foley and thinking, i got to do one of these fucking matches. Do you know what I mean? i got to do this match. Um, yeah, uh, Jack, are you excited or are you excited? Explosive barbed wire death match. I
2: mean that well, is
0: straight, isn't
2: it? that. Me and Liam were saying last week. We, we last week we love our violent matches. Well, I don't think it's going to get any more violent than that with AEW. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready for it. That is going to be the match of revolution. I'm well, counting they've, on they've, it now.
0: They've had these unsanctioned matches before, so you have to top it. Do you know what I mean? Like if they if they're going to cap off the feud, they need to do something. And uh, yeah, I mean unless they're going to do one of those fucking piranha matches they have in like Japanese death match. Uh, deathmatch promotions yeah Yeah, the most
1: extreme matches there's a really good video from what Culture. just a small cross-reference but yeah these these piranha explosive whatever matches explosive
0: piranha tank (laughs) 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 explosive piranhas (laughs) you'd be surprised jack honestly um Kenny kind of dresses like a character from Grand Theft Auto City at the moment. <laughs> Do you know I think, like, that's the uh, seems like that's the fashion he's going for. And I love it. It's, uh, it's kind of this subtle reinvention of Kenny Omega that's come over the last few months, and he's kind of, like, fully evolved into his new form now, I think. Which is kind of, like, 70s pimp. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all good stuff. Anything to add, Patrick, to where this seems to be going, and hype for Revolution and this match, and you know what you expect from it
1: yeah nothing nothing big to add except that i'm super excited really like super 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 excited because i love my hardcore matches and then something crazy japanese going on he- in here i just read also found uh, by the way what uh renee paquette yeah john moxley's paquette, wife yeah, is well. saying about this he's just why are you putting me through this if my water breaks that's on you guys she was so, shitting a break last time
0: <laughs> when he had that unsanctioned match for Ken- she was i mean she was still with we at the point at that point but she was tweeting about it like like she was super stressed
1: i can see that coming like yeah r- really like uh uh having a baby in the oven and then seeing your husband on on, on pay-per-view getting blown up by some barbed wire. <laughs> literally
0: blown up and wrapped in barbed wire <laughs> yeah literally
1: blown up this time so i'm really curious how they will present it how they'll make it um i'm also curious about the laws in florida <laughs> so that there's not like a ten thousand dollar fine coming in it's for, fucking florida uh, John... gonna be fine
0: <laughs> this yeah no i i wouldn't be surprised if this is completely legal in florida i'm pretty sure worse things than this happen in like children's play parks in florida
1: <laughs> yeah i mean if if uh, if the wife sorry of, to our uh... florida listeners but you know you know <laughs> yeah, what but, you are. But, yeah but if a wife of a very uh uh, a known entrepreneur can bribe the governor of uh, the state to make it uh, essential business down there. I think there are even worse things in the state, so yeah.
0: Well, Florida man is all our favorite superhero.
1: I was also like, okay, extreme barbed wire exploding bitches match really good, but <laughs> where are the cages? I have at least two cages. Two cages. Where are they finding these exploded somewhere? bitches to take to the ropes? <laughs> 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 but where are the cages they have two cages left somewhere in a warehouse in florida they didn't use them until now i want to see a cage match again i'm uh yeah they're making me really like uh craving for a cage match again this is this is good work aw by the way thank you tony khan i want to see a cage match so badly but yeah this exploding bitches match <laughs> 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 <get> me, <laughs> me honestly i think an
0: exploding bitches match might even be too much for florida <laughs> I think that might be the line yeah. an exploding yeah. bitches match <laughs> yeah right. that brings us to the end of our well the end of our dynamite recap which is towards the end of our show we do have to talk about an extension i suppose to uh dynamite which was monday's japanese brackets for the women's world championship eliminator and then after that we will talk about the card for next week um we had Yuka Sakazaki versus Saruga, Veni versus Emi Sakura, Makito versus Rayo Mizunami, and Aja Kong versus Rin Katakura. Did quite well there, didn't I? Um did you guys watch this? Both of you? I did. Yeah.
2: Thoughts? I thought I thought Patrick was gonna say whether he did or not, so I'll just I'll just take the floor. Um I actually watched it last night. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um each match kinda Stood each match stood out for me. There wasn't really a bad match. I thought, um Yeah, the the girls that went through, uh deserving, but I think there was a couple where I was like, this could go either way. For example, the
0: Makito uh right, yeah. Yep, I but, was expect. I was honestly I was after it started, I was expecting Mizunami to go through because well, for one thing, I've been reading, uh, I mean, I'm fairly new to Joshi, I, I'll talk a little bit about, I've been watching recently um, in Less Important Shows. Uh, I've read that Mizunami kind of has seniority, really, um, is kind of respected, and and people were expecting it to go over Ito, but I don't think they could have predicted how popular Maki got online with the AEW fans, so I think they might have bracketed her differently. Um, in another you know if, if they'd if they'd realised um, and she would have at least won her first round match but you've got to think whoever wins this is going to up against Azure Kong. unless Ajakong is going to go all the way to the final they've got to be able to credibly beat Ajakong and I think Makito's is a little bit too green for them to do that sorry you were saying no yeah
2: no that's fine um, no enjoyed it it was enjoyable like mini show as such I thought Excalibur nailed it on commentary um, I thought he did a really good job especially when you know, he's not as... He, he doesn't deal with these wrestlers as often. So it's definitely a hard kind of position to be in. But he nailed it. Done his research. Really enjoyable commentary. Um, and yeah, I think if I had to pick... If I had to pick one that stood out that I didn't know going into it... <coughs> exactly it would, what I was
0: just about to ask you. I was going to say, yeah. other, other, I was going to say other than you, Sakazaki, Emma Sakura and Aja who stood out for you?
2: Um. I think I agree, Maki Ito. I thought the last match, the Aja Kong versus... Insert name Rin here. Rin There you go. I thought that was a bit of like a, the bit, the squash match of the tournament.
1: Aja oh, Kong, it was total squash. Yeah,
2: Aja Kong just, just looked... The Yeah, absolutely brutal. Um, and now, for some reason, I can't look past Aja Kong in this tournament because she just looks an absolute... Right. Sorry, I've Legend just had a really entry. bad thought, though. What if it is Aja Kong versus Nyla Rose to face Hikaru
0: Shida? It's not going isn't gonna go that far. I hope she, not. She, she's not look at who she's got on the round after that. I mean, she got she, I mean, is she gonna go over Tay Conti? Possibly. Is she gonna go over Brit Baker or Anna Jay? I doubt it. I hope so. I hope not. How I mean, how how hated would she be if because like, she's already not she's already got a lot of ring rust, if she went over Tay Conti, who's an internet darling already, and then went over like either the, the face of the company. Woman, yeah, yeah but Britt Baker or the other internet darling, Anna Jay, you know what I mean? It's not gonna happen. Patrick, over to you. Uh, What do you think of the matches and uh, how familiar were you with all of these girls going in and um, out of the ones that you didn't know going in, who impressed you?
1: So uh, Yuka Sakazaki, I knew her because she was in AW before. Uh, Mostly I knew them. Uh, 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 Emi Sakura is the other one, which was also in AW and Aja Kong, who doesn't know Aja Kong, of course. Exactly. maki ito was standing out for me like i before i read that online with twitter her conversation with uh, john silver and how she's reacting now i saw her character the first time i really loved that i hope we're seeing some more of her because she's she has so funny online she's yeah so
0: funny she um yeah. one of the ones that stood out for me is when she hit a hundred thousand followers she put um she put a hundred thousand simps thank you fuck you like she's so funny.
1: <laughs> like... Yeah, right. So she's like, "Hello, motherfuckers." Or so what what her first yeah. tweet to A.W. She, she was like, was "I'm,
0: hilarious. I'm, I, hi, I'm Macito, and I'm an asshole," or something like that. <laughs>
1: like... Yeah, that, that's really good. So and and Jack over because of that. Um, she went toe
0: to toe on online arguing with um, Jim Cornette and completely owned him as well because she 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 uh she had a, she put up a video where she said she was the deity of. Pissing something, <laughs> and um, and yeah. uh, and Jim, 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 I can't remember what it was like, pissing someone else, and uh, like love and love and piss, I think it was, and um, Jim Cornette was talking about, he talked about um, Twinkle Toes or whatever, which what he calls Kenny Omega, and um, and saying he's he's bringing more of his fetishes, um, someone like, you will probably be the. You know, deity of shit, uh, you know, in AEW. And she was like, she replied with a kind of risque picture of herself from a poster for a DDT event covered in chocolate, but wrote in all caps, I am deity of shit. So she just like knows how to troll already. And like, for someone whose English is obviously their second language, she's like, she's got the best wrestling Twitter for sure. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. I, I had a good love for that as well. So, yeah, that. so she stood out for me, and also uh, Aja Kong, the match, this was a squash match, uh, maybe more an AW-style squash match, but uh, when you see something of, like, Aja Kong's age, and then also, like, of her stature, like, if you have other other women's competitors of that stature... You wouldn't expect they, it to be
0: able you... to go, would you? She's good. Mm-hmm? you wouldn't yeah, expect for to, be able a, to go like that at that age and size she's good yeah
1: age and size yeah but if you go to other promotions with that age and especially with that size you have uh, uh, concussions you got uh, their holes hurt after some moves or so you know like there's nothing nothing really good uh, uh coming coming up from this but she's like she's how many years in the business 34 years in the business and like uh, the moves the moves she hit in there were like so brutal and like jack also said before (laughs) i can't see anybody else like winning against her she's for me now the monster this was a perfect like this monster exposure match because it was so hard hitting and it was so convincing that it hurts what she does i just loved it. I was still like, I love her. And then yesterday, Hugh sent something in the group chat, like <laughs> this bit uh, the, from, from a Japanese game show where they uh, surprised uh, uh, Kota Ibushi on, on the street somewhere. And then she yeah, had that. to do a wrestling match with her. That was so An good. An impromptu and match then, that he wasn't
0: expecting. It was so good. Yeah, right.
1: And that was so good. And then I was like, oh, this fits now completely in my picture. I got now from from last night when I watched the show with Aja Kong. So this just really cool. Really love to see her in that and also the other uh, competitors who, who were in there. Um, I don't know the names right now, but all of them were quite good. The one I have to say which wasn't good was the referee. I said it in the first match. I wrote it also in the chat. I thought that Yuka Sakazaki botched some near counts, but in the further matches it appeared again, and then I looked at the referee. He was fast counting and then stopping quite abruptly when, when counting on It's on quite the funny
0: that he was fast counting because... I, I... Wood's going to talk about this in less important shows, but instead we'll just a less important shows, and I'll work in my recent watching of Tokyo Joshi Pro into this. The counts, at least in Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is where they're borrowing a few of these girls from, like Yuka Sakazaki is... Um, there's a big thing about whether her or Mayu Atami is the is the ace of, um, of Tokyo Joshi Pro, so like Yuka Sakazaki is one of the two aces over there. Um, but I digress. These The counts are usually very slow, Um you know, me and Liam, when we were watching it for the first time, we were noticing that we were like, this is going to have to get used to it because it's it's noticeably slower, um, the count, than than the American counts. Um, so it was quite surprising to see the um, ref not only counting faster than y- the usual Joshi counts, but actually faster than American counts. Like, I don't know where they got him from. I thought you were going to chime in with something there about... <laughs> I, I, was, yeah, I was
1: just waiting for you to finish. No, but I can say, like, I'm also really excited... Uh, this this will be very nice it's of course this is taking place on youtube because this is really more wrestling nerdy stuff to see that but yeah, it would exactly. be also nice to have a match at least one match hopefully the final on aw on the on the uh, tnt show um, to be shown there even if it's a short match or anything yeah really looking forward to next week how's going to be and uh, also to the to the american side of the matches with the women's matches which are still about to happen so i think that will be a nice show next week again
0: so um, I know Jack is very aware of the time. So as I said, I will eschew less important shows and just uh, work into this segment what I've been doing uh, in terms of other shows uh, this week. I have been trying to get into not try, try I would say trying as if it wasn't successful, successfully getting into Joshi, um, and I watched uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro's Positive Chain event. Um, instead of talking about it in depth, because I don't, I, I mean, I don't think you have you watched it, so I, I really have no one to talk about it with. I will just list off the people I liked in it. You ready for this? I liked Suzumi as, as a good one. Mio Yamashita, who I was already kind of familiar with, she tagged with Makito. They were very good together. There's a girl called Mirai Mayumi, I think. She's very like, um, kind of like Japanese Layla Hirsch. She's like very um, ground and pound um although i'm probably pronouncing it wrong and uh um Mio watanabe who i already knew about as well um she was uh, unsuccessfully challenged for the princess princess titles i think so um yeah it's there's some good stuff i i would actually recommend tjp although it does have uh an idol element to it more so than stardom so there is there is some singing and dancing that's like fucking mental at times you're like what is going on um but i like that that's part of it like i think uh did did um maki ito kind of sing to the ring in uh the AEW thing as well she did yeah 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 Yeah, so i like like that
1: actually that this gave a little depth to her character what uh excalibur was talking about that she was in that in that idol, idol band before she was starting pro wrestling and uh yeah, gave her a little depth about her character and who she is. Maybe this is why, why I liked her also so much. Like, I had this Twitter before, this Twitter exchange she, she had there, and then this, like, yeah, I I got her character. I think she's funny, she's good.
0: Um Yeah, I would recommend it, uh, watching some Joshi, um, under the kind of guidance that you go in knowing it's absolutely batshit and there's people dressed in, like, cardboard superhero costumes and... Nurse, not nurses' outfits, like there was at least two French maids in the pay per view. So go and watch it. Uh, know what you're getting though. So that uh leaves us with just before we announce next week's card, um, match of the night, guys.
1: Mine is, mine, mine is definitely uh Rio versus uh, Serena deep. Uh, that
0: mine was... is Rio versus Serena deep. Oh, that makes
2: See,
1: no difference. It was I'm Rio versus Serena patch. deep. Yeah, that like was the that main really? event you was a was lot of action and fun and shenanigans, like with, with, with the brawl and everything, but you have to acknowledge what the women did there like this was this was just great to watch very entertaining very good very suspenseful so yeah that makes
0: the second time now this year in a in not, and not it's not that far into the year it's only a month and a half that's what like eight eight dynamites where um i think the only two times the main event hasn't won it was serena deeb uh, a serena deeb match um and she's done it twice she's she's uh, been on the undercard and stolen the match of the night so First against Tay Conti and now against Riho. She's so good, man. She's um she's low key the rest of the year so far. I mean she's gotta be, do you know what I mean? Um she's not getting the same kind of screen time as other people, but like, no. Um my shocker of the week um was obviously uh Orange Cassidy versus Luther. <laughs> <laughs> now, next week's card is well, first actually, on Monday, I believe it's the semi-finals of the um Women's uh, the Japanese Japanese bracket of the Women's World Championship eliminating Tournament, which will be Yuka Sakazaki versus Emi Sakura and Ria Mizunami versus Asha Kong,
2: along with the uh, the remaining two matches of the quarterfinal with the US bracket.
0: I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So that will be Take Conti versus Nyla Rose and Dr. Brickbaker Baker DMD versus Anna Jake. Right? You are correct. That's 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 must watch wrestling. Do you think? And why is it on YouTube? Oh no, that
2: is must- That is wrestling. television worthy. Very television worthy. Not a bas-
0: bas-
2: <laughs> basketball. Not a basketball match between Shaq and Jade Cargill. That's not television worthy.
0: I pronounce it basketball. What's wrong with that? Sorry. Basketball. <laughs> basketball. Something even related. Um, yeah, Patrick. Uh, what match are those? Because I think I just listed off about six match. No, four matches. I can't count. Um, <laughs> which of those matches are you most excited for? Britt Baker versus Anna J. Yeah me too. That's, that's the too. one that's, that's I'm the looking forward match.
1: to. Um because uh, the the Yoshi matches, I, I'll let myself I'll let them surprise me. I don't have any expectations, so then then it definitely I'm sure it will be good, but then I'll see the outcome of it, what what will will be the best. But uh yeah, Britt Baker versus Anna Jay. I cannot say who's winning that also. That's that's really really interesting to see. This will also be like I think heavily that Britt Baker will win and will go on against Thunder Rosa in the in the final for the American bracket, but it's still it will be a close match I guess and to see how this how this goes on with further in the storyline or so.
0: Well I think whoever's winning that is facing Yuka Sakazaki aren't they? Because um you know, we've got uh I mean I I think the winner of the of the Japanese side of the bracket it has to be somewhat a contracted AEW star, do you know what I mean? So, um, and Yuka is going up against Emi Sakura in the, in the semis. So they're going to not one of them is going to knock the other one out. And I think it will be Yuka Sakasaki that knock Emi Sakura out because as I said before, she's like arguably the ace of TJP and she's, um, you know, I just don't think they'll, I just don't see Emi Sakura winning that. I see Yuka Sakasaki winning that and she's very over, um, Hugh loves her, our friend Hugh, and her her entrance music. And I think, you know, especially if Aja Kong goes through to the final, which she probably will, to be honest, looking at it, um, then I also don't see Aja Kong winning it, but I see her being built up as the beast for someone to overcome, and that kind of David versus Goliath, Yuka Sakazaki versus Aja Kong match can very well be the final of the Japanese bracket. I'd see Yuka Sakazaki winning that um, after a very heartful match and going into the finals. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you guys think. And that could that facilitate Yuka Zakazaki's return as well, and then they've got their two big Joshi stars back, you know? Yeah. So next week's card is next week's Dynamite card, should I clarify. We have Hangman Adam Page versus Isaiah Cassidy, Britt Baker or Anna Jay versus Tay Conti or Nyla Rose. Team Taz, which is Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes, which as we all know is Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. So I'm assuming Ricky Starks they're counting on being back too dynamite by then and jake hager versus brandon cutler jack which match are you looking forward to the most and why is it jake hager versus brandon cutler (laughs) because
2: brandon cutler deserves a shot Nah, um obviously for me personally match looking forward to most i reckon it's going to be the women's match for me the winner oh yeah i mean i
0: don't even know who's in that yet but definitely that looks like the most exciting match
2: yeah no that's gonna be that's
0: gonna be awesome whoever that is and
2: i mean because we don't know who's in it, we'll go for one that we do know is happening. The Hangman Isaiah Casti will also be a great match. Yeah, that would be my second too, Patrick.
1: Yeah, not <clears throat> not very exciting matches now from the beginning to say. I just like to see Brendan Cutler. I think he will be squashed, but I'm I'm happy for Brenton Cutler to be in there. And I'm more excited like about the women's matches now, which we'll see on Monday who uh, who advance to the next round. And uh, yeah, more excited for that. The other matches are like fine, let's see. Team Tess, I couldn't care less right now, so let's see what comes out of that and what other matches will be announced during the week.
0: It's quite a weak card, isn't it? Um, I definitely do think the uh, women's match is will be the most exciting one. I mean, it's going to say a lot about where they see Nyla Rose's position, the outcome of this match, for sure, I reckon, now. I Because um, I think you go either way, that brings us to the end of our show. They had a good time, lads. All three of us back together again.
1: <laughs> We're back. Very nice. Nice. Back. Nice seeing you again, guys. Hearing you guys also when the technology is not always on our side, but we fight it and we win. We do.
0: We do. Thank you for joining us. It has been a pleasure. So I'm just going to go with our friend Roman Reigns and say until next time,
1: hoo-wah!